0: Your move,
1: creep. Wish me luck, Freezer.
2: You
0: Dino, Son, your ego is writing checks your body
2: can't cash. It's the only thing I know how to do. It's a good-looking boy.
0: I'm a member of the Imperial Senate. That's my right, boy. Welcome to Earth.
2: You cost a lot. You know, that's just
0: like, uh, your opinion, man.
2: Hello
1: everybody, welcome back to Retrograde Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about older movies. We talk about how they were made, how they were received, and whether or not they hold up. I am Austin. And I'm George.
0: All right, everybody. So we've got a really, really cool seasonal film that we're going to be talking about this week. Now, we've been talking about some Different films and different genres, but now we're gonna go to an old school classic like this. Talk about
1: normal movies on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, like before we were doing, like we were doing some movies that were like really, really good, really interesting, really significant historically or internationally. But I feel like a lot of people might not have like seen those movies before. But this is one that I'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen. At least Americans.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's interesting because the last three movies we've spoken about, *Akira*, uh, *The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari*, and *Breathless* could very easily be on like some of the the greatest films of all time lists. You know, like some oh, of the yeah, most absolutely important movies to ever come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I mean, I'm not saying you can't say that about *Home Alone*. But you know, it's we're kind of we're kind of going back into second, third gear. You know, in terms of just something that's a lot more uh people accessible accessible people pleasing you know
1: and, and again people have probably seen you know something you can like watch with your parents <laughs> you
0: know or abs- watch with your kids yeah absolutely and i'm not saying this in a i'm not saying this in a pejorative way like i think or at least i remember this movie being great but you know it's it's very different and i'm really excited to talk about it austin what movie are we going to be talking about this week
1: this week we are going to be talking about Home Alone, directed by Chris Columbus. Mm
0: -hmm. What? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, I
1: didn't know that. Written by John Hughes.
0: We have uh, watched another Christopher Columbus film. This is our second Chris Columbus film. Do you know what the first one is?
1: Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone?
0: Yeah, so he would go on to direct that movie 11 years after Home Alone. So... Really cu- really, really curious to see how this movie's uh held up. Cause when was the last time you watched this movie? Like, from beginning to end? From beginning to end, I think I was a child. Yeah, same. I don't
1: think I've seen the movie all... I've seen, like, clips of the movie, you mm-hmm. know, like, out of context. And I was like, damn, this movie's kind of violent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, like, it's treated like a cartoon, so it doesn't seem as bad. But, like... I'm pretty sure one of them gets turned to a skeleton at one point, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember that happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been a few years. I I don't think I've seen this movie like in the past decade. I don't think. Like since yeah. I think since going to college, I don't think I've seen it. I've probably I probably saw it back in high school or middle school, which was 200765, so it's been a minute, but I remember watching this movie a lot as a kid. I feel like
1: I've seen the second one more because I remember oh. the pigeon lady a lot. Mm. I I don't really remember how this one ends. Right. I, I just remember it, it there being a lot of uh traps that the the wet bandits get tortured through.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I feel like I saw this a lot more as a kid because I I was born and raised in uh Los Angeles, California, and I've always wanted a winter like they had in home alone. Like, with snow, like, uh, snowing, <laughs> like, it was just, you know, it was, everyone's, like, got a bunch of coats and jackets on. I was like, I've always wanted that, and I, I never got that. So, I feel mm. like I would live vicariously through, um, what's his name? Macaulay Culkin. Kevin. Kevin McAllister, yeah. Which, hey, shout out to Macaulay Culkin, because he got his star at the Hollywood, uh the Walk of Fame. You yeah, know, the, the yeah. Hollywood sign. He got his Hollywood sign recently yeah. and it, it is really mm-hmm. nice to see especially kind of knowing some of the some of the uh some of some of the substance abuse problems that he had a few like years ago and it's it's wonderful to see him kind of come come full circle mm-hmm. so
1: i remember he made like a a speech to his his wife Bren. was it brenda song brenda, brenda? song yeah she's brenda song from sweet life the, of Second cody <laughs> yeah uh i remember seeing that and like, she's crying and it was like beautiful or whatever. And I'm like, damn, that's Kevin McAllister, man.
0: Yeah. He's, he's
1: all grown up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting.
0: It is wonderful to see. So I'm, I'm I really, think,
1: uh, hmm? I've, I don't really, I never celebrated Christmas as a kid and we weren't really a- allowed to watch very many Christmas movies, but for some reason, home alone was I, in heavy rotation. At the house. At least Home Alone Part 2. But they're both during Christmas, aren't they?
0: Uh, I can't remember the second one as well.
1: I don't know. I guess because it's not like, it doesn't really have a lot to do with, with Christmas. Like thematically, like all oh, the family, you know. But like a majority of the movie is just a kid alone leaving traps for these bandits. And one of them is played by Joe Pesci. <laughs> who's like, this might be the first Joe Pesci movie I've ever seen. Yeah, actually, I think so too. Which is wild because I remember there was like a, an SNL sketch where they, it was like the Joe Pesci show, but it would always end with him being like really violent and attacking the guests. And like as a kid, Joe Pesci was the guy that got hit by paint cans, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but then like you watch the rest of his movies and it's like, oh man, this guy can be kind of scary. Yeah.
0: You motherfucker, you.
1: How am I funny? <laughs> am I a clown?
0: I am-, <laughs> am I a clown? Do I amuse you?
1: Bro, that scene is so tense. Yeah. Oh, my God. We got to do Goodfellas one of these days.
0: Oh, well, we got to do a Scorsese one. I don't think we've done Scorsese. Scorsese.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I want. I vote for Goodfellas as the first one.
0: Sco- Goodfellas would be a good one. Um, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, I just remember having so much fun with this movie. And yeah, I think it's interesting because people say... People will categorize the movie as Christmas... When it's just like in the winter season, but it has nothing to do with Christmas because this movie has nothing to do with Christmas. It's not about Santa Claus or Jesus being born or it's like a kid who's stuck at home alone during the Christmas season during winter. And that's about. Yeah, it's not. But people say it's a Christmas movie. And I'm like, I guess. All right. Kind of like what they do with Die Hard.
1: Bro, the the Die Hard one tilts me, because that is not a Christmas movie. It just takes place during Christmas.
0: Well, that's the thing. I feel like, hot take, Christmas movies are not a genre, okay? Like, you could (laughs) could create a Christmas list, list, like a Christmas movie list of movies that have Christmas or take place during Christmas, but Christmas movies are, it's not a genre. Die Hard (laughs) is not a Christmas movie, it's an action movie. Right? I like, feel
1: like I feel like people call Die Hard a Christmas movie for attention.
0: Well, it's like it's like it's a Christmas movie. It's like well, it takes place on Christmas. No, 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 no. It takes place during a Christmas party, not even Christmas. Yeah. So, and I rewatched it a few days ago. Like, I don't think it's during Christmas. I think it's a Christmas party. It's like a you know. Hey, we ha- we landed a big deal. We're having the parties, especially since it's December. It's like the
1: end of the year, and like most Christmas parties don't take place on Christmas
0: because you're you're you with have your that family. Off. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just side note because I rewatched Die Hard in theaters, and I was like, okay, I get where you're coming from. Like quote unquote, it's a Christmas movie, but Christmas movies is not a genre. It's it's just a, a thing. It's like.
1: I think in order for a movie to be a Christmas movie, it has to like embody the, the, the Christmas spirit.
0: Well, there has to you be know? something like, I like mean, if the it,
1: the one that we did before, It's a Wonderful Life. I think that's more of a Christmas movie.
0: Yes, very much so. Because it's also dealing with angels and, you know, like the Santa Claus, obviously. Jingle all the way is a Christmas movie because he's getting his son a Christmas present right like
1: yeah those are Christmas movies like the family is traveling and they're traveling because there's a holiday right yes which is when you would get together as a family and travel like it could it doesn't even matter like you could have like a a summer vacation yeah I guess then you lose like the winter aesthetic but like I don't know I feel like you could still have the same movie I don't know how much Christmas adds to it
0: just because a movie has snow in it doesn't make it a Christmas movie hell children of men is more of a Christmas movie than Home Alone. <laughs> I mean, when you think that about a, it, we we talked about it's it. a
1: Nativity Nativity story. It's
0: basically the just a remake of the Nativity story, right?
1: A remake. Oh my god!
0: Kind, I mean, not a remake, but you know, it's a retelling. I wonder how how hot
1: Alfonso Coron's blood boil if you if you heard you say that. <laughs> it's a remake of the Nativity story. <laughs>
0: Okay, I could have chosen a better set <laughs> oh of words, but God. hey, man, I'm going to say it, Children of Men is a more, is more of a Christmas movie than Home Alone. Now, granted, I could be wrong because the last time I did see this movie was over, what, over 10 years ago? So I could be wrong. All right,
1: that sounds fair. Uh, shall we move on to the rest of the box office of 1990 when this movie came out? This movie came out in November, November 16th, 1990. Now, first things first. Did we cover a film from 1990?
0: Oh man, uh, I I don't. I'll just say no, but I'm not sure.
1: Um. All right. So we have not covered that year at all. 1990. 1990. No, this is the first time we've we've been in 1990. Nice. Also, the year that I was born. Nice. This movie is about. Let's see. That's three mil eight. Eight months. A little short of eight months older than me or young. No, I'm, I'm older You're, than this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little more than eight months older than this movie, which is weird. <laughs> Cause I remember seeing it so much as a kid. It had staying power. Anyway, domestic box office for 1990. Number one ghost with Patrick Swayze. and.
0: Oh, uh, damn. What a uh, banger, dude. Who is that? Who else was in it? Uh,
1: uh, Demi Demi Moore, Demi, Demi Moore. Moore.
0: Oh, hold, hold on. I think it is Demi Moore. Yes, it's Demi Moore.
1: Demi Moore. God damn. Nice. Pretty Woman. I've Julia Roberts. That. I don't know if I've ever seen it either. Yeah. Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. Mm-hmm. Classic 90s movie. Uh, number three was Home Alone. Okay. And then number four was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Can you believe it? We've had... Was it 30 years? Over 30 years of TMNT in theaters.
0: And, well, and we finally nailed it. And we finally the,
1: got a good one. <laughs>
0: with the animated. <laughs> well, well, actually, the 2008 one isn't bad.
1: Are you talking about the Michael Bay one? Or no, no, no. The, the other...
0: other animated uh, TMNT movie that came out in oh, 2000. Okay. It had a banging soundtrack and it was animated. And it was pretty good, actually.
1: All right. Uh, number five. The Hunt for the Red October.
0: Great movie.
1: I believe I have seen that one. It's part of that like is it part of like the Jack Ryan?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alec played by Alec Baldwin. Opposite Sean Connery. And
1: holy shit is that movie good. I remember it being good. I don't really I saw like I was way too young to understand what the movie was actually about.
0: I saw it in high Uh, school and I was like, this is this is fucking great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Number six, Total Recall.
0: The Schwarzenegger
1: one, right? The Schwarzenegger one, yeah. I I love this movie. This is a great movie that, ah, it's like, it's one of those movies that definitely holds up because it's so, like, I feel like it's very satirical in its use of violence. And the, oh my God, so good. I've never seen (gasps) it.
0: Anyone. You've never seen it? No, I saw the, but I saw the Colin Farrell one. Dude. I'll
1: I'll save it for when we do the Total Recall. Yeah, Total episode, Total Recall.
0: Cause... The I I felt very lukewarm on it, and it kind of made me like ah, I don't know should I go visit that older one? I was Good. like yeah, I'll I'll do it when I do it. The best part of that movie is Kate Beckinsale like hitting Colin Farrell with like her groin well, the the slide. Yeah, yeah you the slide. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part that of that was movie.
1: Ridiculous. <laughs> and anyway, I I feel like. There's a there's a lot of movies from this era that are like very campy, but like there's a reason why they're there they are this way. There's a reason why um Robocop is broken up with all those commercials in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Starship Troopers, same thing. Like I feel like there's something that those movies were doing that satirical that meant something that when you watch it as an adult, it's like, oh, I understand this movie on a different level. Mm-hmm. And then when you get the remakes, they don't have any of that. They don't have any of like the meta textual. There's, there's no like nutrients in those movies. They're just like PG-13, get a bunch of hot actors in it, action movie, Hollywood yeah. style. And it's like, this is not what makes those other movies
0: so you, good. Dude. Something You you know, something that I've, I, it's interesting that we haven't gotten a Starship Troopers remake. Because RoboCop got a remake, a PG 13 one. Total Recall got a PG-13 remake. Uh I, I think it's a I think it's uh
1: Starship Troopers had like three sequels and a and a TV series that oh, was made it for did. kids. And it has like two video games out right now. But I don't know if if any of them have that like I know the cartoon didn't, but there's like a, a satirical bite that is the reason why that movie exists. That's well so the makes overt that movie so Nazi good. imagery. It's the over the top patriotism mm-hmm. and and all that stuff. It's that's why the movie is so good. Fascism, bro. It's commentating about about that, about how how close nationalism and fascism are linked. Yeah. You know,
0: it's so good. What's I the wanted, difference between uh, a citizen and a civilian? <laughs> that always stuck with me as a kid. I was like, mm-hmm. what kind of stupid question is that? And it's oh. it's really funny,
1: too. Like, oh my god, Denise Richards in that movie? So funny.
0: Ooh, so god funny. damn! Oh, Denise Richards.
1: Yeah. Uh, Die Hard... Oh, number seven was Die Hard 2. The sequel to uh, one of the greatest action movies ever made.
0: And I rewatched it in theaters... And it still fucking holds up. This movie's excellent.
1: And Die, Die Hard's really good. I don't like any of the sequels. I, I, I Die Hard 2, I tolerate the rest of them. <laughs> I, I gotta give Die Hard 3 a chance again. You know what? I, I'll I'll test it. Actually.
0: I like the third one because of Samuel L. Uh, another hot take. I actually really like 4. Jesus Christ.
1: Uh, moving on, moving that movie, on. That
0: movie's kind of a banger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Number 8. Driving Miss Daisy. Whoa! I thought this was a much older movie. Yeah,
0: well, oh, that's nineteen
1: ninety.
0: Nineteen ninety. Whoa! I did not expect this was, that.
1: Um, Morgan Freeman is like a chauffeur, but I, I feel like it's one of those movies that like maybe, <laughs> maybe like a lot of white people like. <laughs> But like, if you go back, it's like, oh, this is like Green Book, because it's that's the vibe I get from it. Because if you go to like the box office Mojo, it's an old Jewish woman and her African American chauffeur in the American South have a relationship that grows and improves over the years.
0: Wow, that is Green so Book like, to a
1: tee. Yeah, but like, and there's something that's like very, really like feel good, but it, I feel like it kind of presents race relations in a, in a way that doesn't make white people uncomfortable. Well, you
0: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I think you have and to I think
1: that's that's a problem with with movies like this. Like they they feel good, they have a good message behind them, but like there's something about them that feels a little well a little off.
0: The I agree. I do think so there's two aspects to it. I think uh I think it's also a product of the time, which is why we have this podcast, right? Um Yeah,
1: but but we're still doing it
0: though. <laughs> yeah. Well, and well that's the interesting thing about Green Book. There is something that I think with any movie, we have to pay attention to audience consensus as well. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes critics can be very, uh, can have tunnel vision, right? And I I think you're, I'm not saying you're wrong. I do agree that sometimes these movies can have harmful implications or not even harmful, but sometimes very outdated presentations, especially of racism in America, especially if it's done through a white lens. But... Mm -hmm. I don't want to say that something like green book or like the help or like driving miss daisy has nothing of value you know i think it can be harmful but um it's it's a it's complicated right because i think people do do take those movies to heart because even yeah driving miss daisy didn't it win best picture let's see it did win best picture it did yeah so i don't no, I mean it is. It is an interesting. Well, so they, Didn't Green Book win
1: too? It did something.
0: Green Book did take Best Picture.
1: Freaking what's the what's that movie with with the ludicrous Crash? One Best Crash Picture as well.
0: This, yeah. Like, and ugh. I'll say oh, this boy. as someone who saw Green Book and I did like Green Book, and someone who saw Crash. The the way they both be- 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 depict racism is vastly different, and Green Book is miles ahead better. <laughs> um
1: which just there's just, just something like off about them that like if you when yeah. you go back and because like maybe you don't really realize it but like you hear somebody else talk about it and you get that perspective and i feel like that perspective is not something you read critics talk about it's not something you hear at the at the oscars you know what i mean
0: yeah and there is there's, something about softening the edges of these things that Hollywood yeah. will will typically do a lot of the time. But digestible, it's so much, yeah. yeah di- yes, 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 yes. That's the word digestible. It can make the movie and the topic a lot more digestible. But but you can't help but wonder in the long run, is this helping or hurting? There's a long sidetrack, but um it, yeah when, it, when you talk about movies that are based on real atrocities and real issues, the way you approach it, uh it talking about it is very interesting.
1: Yeah. Okay. Number nine. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Tracy.
0: Dick Tracy. That's the Dick Francis Tracy. Ford Coppola one. It's not. No way, Francis.
1: No way. Yeah, are yeah. You, Francis Ford Coppola me? did
0: Dick Tracy. Oh no 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 no, no no! I'm sorry. No no Warren Beatty did, did Dick Tracy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was my that was my bad. That was my. I... Yeah, I was like, we... No, no, no. that was that was my bit. That was, for some reason, I was thinking of Coppola. Um, I, he
1: he was in it and he directed it.
0: Yes, he was the lead.
1: Uh, and I I'm, think I saw something where he was like playing Dick Tracy like years later because he might have rights to the character. I don't know. Yeah, no, no,
0: he does. He owns the rights to the character or the the theatrical Jesus. rights to the character, and I guess he wants to make a sequel. But I'm like who wants to see dick tracy again
1: well this was number nine at the box office and comic comic book movies are in (laughs) so i mean i guess they were in maybe they're not as in as they were before but we'll see see.
0: i've never seen it
1: i've seen parts of it i think um madonna's in it and she won an oscar for it sure al pacino's in it as
0: well yeah she made a song for uh, she made a song for dick tracy and i think it won an oscar yeah, yeah, best original song. Sooner or later, I always get my man.
1: Nice. Number 10, Back to the Future Part 3. Oh, okay. nice, nice, nice. I am I'm a fan of the Back to the Future series, and I think 3 is the one that I watched the most. It might be the best. It might be the best. I don't know. I, I just remember really liking the movie.
0: Great I, movie. I like all three of them. I, I think the one I watched the most was the second one. Because oh, okay. I love the future setting. Ooh la
1: la. Ooh. <laughs> I remember
0: that. <laughs> Ooh <laughs> la <laughs> I that. <remember. laughs> uh, that whole, uh, yeah, no, that the, the time traveling in Back to the Future 2 is wild. But I do think in retrospect, I think the first one's the best one.
1: It's the one that laid down the foundation.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it has like the most emotional charging story. Whereas the, sec- the next two are like, oh shit, I have a problem. How do I solve it? Um Whereas the first one is like, you know, growing up, finding maturity, you know, like helping your family lineage or something. But the second and third one <laughs> are a bit more like, oh, man, wacky adventures, which I mean, it it excels in that. Well, in the states. third
1: one, he's trying to save the doctor, right? Like he could just go back home, but he's like, no, I got to help my friend. Yeah. Because the second one ends in that cliffhanger. Yeah. It's like, oh, what? Well, no. They, I remember being like. So like in shock when I saw it as a kid that is like, oh, he just, he just stays in the, he doesn't go home. Yeah.
0: He's gone. What? Well, when Doc gets hit by lightning, right? When he's in the yeah. air. Yeah. And he
1: he disappears. And then he gets a, Marty gets that telegram saying, don't look for me, but you can go home this way. And it's like, <gasps> And that's how it ends? Oh man, that's that was that, that was, was so such
0: good. a brilliant ending. Because you see the guy pull up in the car, like he's gone. Yeah.
1: Are you are you Marty McFly?
0: What? <laughs> oh, are you Marty it, McFly? And then he's reading the letter and it's raining. The doc! The doc's alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love Damn, I gotta rewatch the second
1: one. There's So many good. We gotta keep doing. We gotta keep making more episodes. Yeah, right? the uh, strikes are over. We can we can get through these. We yeah. Can through these. Also coming out this year, Presumed Innocent, which I I believe. Oh no, it's not. Oh man, it's, it's Harrison Ford getting accused of something. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's what I am assuming. I didn't A kill water... my
0: son. <laughs> <I didn't... laughs>
1: Uh wait, hold on, let me make sure cuz that I, I the name of the movie is Presumed Innocent and Harrison Ford is on the cover. So yeah, no, assuming no,
0: Starring Harrison Ford. And then The Fugitive would come out like 3 years later.
1: I I love The Fugitive. That's like top top 20, not, nah, I don't know. It's in it's up there. It's one of my favorite movies. Ah, uh, what is this movie about though? Like is is he falsely accused or, It's a legal
0: uh, thriller. Some people would kill for love. That's the tagline of the poster. Ooh.
1: Yeah, and he's like kissing some lady on the cover. Is cause... that
0: him or is that someone else? I don't think that's him. I don't know. You, you think don't Harrison
1: think... Ford would stand by and watch
0: that? Yeah, and that's why he'd kill someone.
1: <laughs> she. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's like that Richard Gere movie.
0: Yeah, Unfaithful. <laughs> Man, that poster was so hot. <laughs> maybe.
1: Um, Days of Thunder.
0: Ooh. This is
1: like the unofficial Top Gun sequel. Yeah. It's basically Top Gun but for NASCAR.
0: Yeah, it, it's it, Tony-, <laughs> Tony Scott and Tom Cruise.
1: Yeah, that movie. is fucking um,
0: slaps. It's so good.
1: It's pretty good. What's the guy who plays uh, Yondu?
0: Uh shoot, I, keep, uh, I think
1: he's in it too. He's like his. He's like the Ice Man of that. This yes, movie.
0: Yeah. Well, he's the one that's like, you got to take it serious boy. <laughs>
1: Uh, also coming out this year Born on the 4th of July Oh
0: another Tom Dan- Cruise one
1: Another Tom Cruise one Dances with the Wolves Another like Well intentioned White people
0: Story Yeah <laughs> and Look I, and look, I, I uh, commend you guys For the intention Intention Like <laughs> Like points Kudos for Or points for Intentions Execution yeah. eh. Robocop
1: 2 Tango and Cash Young Guns 2 I did not know There was a sequel To Young Guns mm. Gremlins 2 yeah. Which I've I've heard people are like, actually, this movie's not bad. It's actually like ahead of its time, but people didn't get it. Mm. Uh, number thirty four, interesting. Goodfellas. Oh, if you we were just talking about, can you imagine like going to see Home Alone as a child and being like, oh, I like this guy, he's funny, and then you go and see like, oh, he's in this movie too. I'm gonna watch this one, and then
0: <laughs> go get your shoe, go get your shoe, your shine box, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he just,
1: man, kind. I, I uh, a secret. I've never seen Goodfellas all the way through. Really, I saw that scene where he's where he gets revenge on the shine box guy, mm-hmm. and then I had to go to sleep. And oh. I, I just, I need to finish it, but I need to like it to be something special, you know. So that's why I'm like, it's got to be what we do on the pod sometime.
0: It's a classic.
1: But uh, yeah, that's some of the movies that came out. In nineteen ninety, so many movies I've seen a lot. Hmm. Damn, Rescuers Down Under too. Edward Scissorhands, Tremors.
0: Oh, what? I've never seen Tremors. Oh, it's it's a never seen it's it. Great.
1: It's it's a good good monster movie.
0: Well, Kevin Bacon, like, right?
1: Kevin Bacon, uh, freaking. I always forget his real name. But it's like he plays Remo Williams. Fred Ward? Fred Ward, yeah. Yeah, I think he passed away recently. Oh, it last year. Yeah. But uh it's it's a good like cheesy monster movie. But it's like it's a good quality, you know, like grade A cheese.
0: <laughs> no, hey hey man, cheese is good. Cheese is great. I don't care what people say, like cheese is cheese is awesome.
1: Anyway, um we can probably watch Home Alone on Disney Plus. But uh, or Hulu, but yeah, I think what I am going to be looking forward to is answering the question that we presented earlier. Is like, is this movie really a Christmas movie, or does it just take place on Christmas? <laughs> f- yeah, friends over at um, Cine Nation Brandon. I think he he calls some like Christmas movies that aren't really Christmas movies Christmas adjacent. <laughs> I think he had like a whole episode on Christmas adjacent movies. And it's like a bunch of freaking What's the name of that guy who did the Iron Man three. Oh, uh,
0: oh uh, um, Shane black, Shane black who came out in the first <laughs> <Yeah>. predator movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's I remember, I remember his stupid, like wave and it's Shane black <laughs> at the end. Um, yeah, he, I, th- I think he talked a lot about his movies, how they're all like kind of take place around the holidays.
0: But they're not Christmas um. movies because they don't deal with Christmas.
1: Yeah, he calls them Christmas adjacent.
0: Yeah. Which is which is a good
1: It's a good I can't I can't just say it and not credit Brandon for for that. But uh yeah, so we we answer that question. Is this movie really a Christmas movie or is it like it just takes place around Christmas? Is
0: it Christmas you know? adjacent?
1: Christmas adjacent. Um I kinda wanna see get like an overview of like Macaulay Culkin, see what, what his life was like after this yeah. movie. Um, what else? Just, I I think Joe Pesci's a really good actor. Uh, so I'm, I kind of want to see him be like the silly guy again. After, you know, reeducating myself on who this guy used to be in movies, <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah. No, that's the interesting thing. I mean, when I've seen Joe Pesci, I've, I've seen mostly his work with uh, Martin Scorsese. Uh, I saw the movie that you really love uh where he's a a lawyer. Oh, my cousin Vinny? Oh, cuz I just saw that a few love like, 2 3 movie. years ago. It's incredible. So but good. But I do want to see him in like a like a movie where children are the main audience. Like I just want to see cuz I haven't seen this movie in a long time. And for the past 10 years, I that those are the movies that I've seen Joe Pesci in, Scorsese and my cousin Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to see this side of him again.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, That's all we have for now. We will see you in one minute with Home Alone.
2: Hey, I tell you what I'm going to give you, Snakes. I'm going to give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. All right, Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm going. One, two, (laughs) ten. Keep the
1: change, you filthy animal. Mom! Hello, everybody. We are back from watching 1990's Home Alone, starring Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, and the the mom is probably important. Well, what's her name?
0: Catherine O'Hara.
1: Catherine O'Hara.
0: Ah, there's someone who doesn't watch Schitt's Creek
1: oh yeah she's in, that. she's in that um also daniel stern i like i i remember macaulay culkin obviously and joe pesci but i didn't i didn't remember how funny daniel stern was as marv in the i think he might have been he might be my favorite
0: oh get favorite out character. of here joe pesci dude let's also not forget yeah. john hurd who plays the father who doesn't have the biggest role here? But I always loved him because he was in White Chicks, and I love White Chicks. <laughs> That's an all-time classic, dude. Uh, Karen,
1: Karen Culkin is in it too. He yes. he he recently won a Golden Globe.
0: Yes, he did. Congratulations to him. He has a small little like role, not a cameo, but like a little role.
1: I, I don't even know if he has lines. He no, like- I don't
0: think so either. <laughs> But yeah, so we just finished watching it. I don't know if we talked about it, but you could watch this movie on Hulu. I think you can watch it on Disney Plus, correct?
1: Yes, you can watch all of the Home Alones on Disney Plus. There's more than two of them.
0: Oh, we're gonna get into <laughs> there's all of a them. A
1: lot more than two of them. I did not realize there were this many Home Alone movies. Like I knew there was three, and I knew about the most recent one because, like, they call it Home Sweet Home Alone. But there's there's two more. There's two more of them. That, on yeah, there. that is.
0: Well, hold on. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven Home Alone movies. We are whole, seven or no, six, movies, six,
1: six, six, six. six movies deep in the Home Alone franchise. Yep. Wild.
0: This is a certified IP. You know, for the longest time, what what all what other franchise had six movies?
1: Lord of the Rings,
0: Star Wars. Oh yeah. <laughs> For the longest time. Now there's nine or oh, now well, there's a lot more once Disney acquired it. Wow. Yeah. And here's the thing too. Home Alone was made by 20th, 20th Century Fox, and a few of them were made direct to home films uh by ABC, owned by Disney. So mm. Disney just loves cranking out sequels. They're like just sequel on sequel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The last one, the most recent one, aired on Disney Plus. I think it was a uh, it was a it was a Disney Plus exclusive. <laughs>
1: Did was Macaulay Culkin even in that one?
0: Uh I don't think so. I don't think he's in any of them following the second one. Wild. Yeah. But before we get into spoilers for people who haven't seen it. Uh what are your general thoughts on the film, Austin?
1: Um I feel like I liked it a lot more when I was a kid. Uh really? when I was watching it this time, I was like, wait, when is when does like the the trap start it doesn't doesn't happen to like the very end of the movie, and mm-hmm. to be honest, by the time it gets to the very end of the movie, I'm like, why is this even in the movie actually? <laughs> you know? yeah. It feels really weird like it feels like scene to scene there's not like a solid through line. It just seems like all right, now this scene happens now this scene happens now this scene happens, and I'm like all right. I guess.
2: No, I disagree.
1: I there's, there's still like funny parts, but like it it does not hit as as hard as it did when I was younger.
0: Mm. Okay, I feel that. But you still over you still enjoyed it overall. Um.
1: Yeah, I guess there's there's parts that were that were funny, and I think Macaulay Culkin is is pretty good as a child actor, but. Like, if I were, a, if I were growing up, or not, not if I was growing up, if I, if I had kids, I don't know if I would make, I would show them Home
0: Alone. You know what I mean? Really? <laughs> I, yeah. Because of the quality or just because of the violence? Quality. Really? Oh, get, okay, okay.
1: I'll show them, I'll show them like Looney Tunes. You know, you know what I mean? Like, the Looney Tunes, I think that holds up way better than Home Alone.
0: Okay, interesting. Well, I, I liked it a lot more than you. Actually, I think this is the most I've ever liked this movie. Um, it is funny because I'm, also, I'm kind of impressed by how much I like the beginning and the middle. And yeah, you do forget that The Traps is really just the last 20, 30 minutes of the movie. And this is an hour, or it's like an hour and 40, hour and 50 minute film. But the traps are really just at the end. Everything else is really just Kevin played by Macaulay, uh, Macaulay Culkin at home. Just trying to like, just enjoying life, you know? Uh, he's kind of like, he's got to grow up just a little bit, you know? He's like, oh, I don't want my family. But then as as like, you know, he's home alone. He kind of realizes, like, oh, I miss them. I actually like them. Um, And, you know, then the the robbers come in and then it's the whole home alone trap thing which doesn't even last that long the trap and that's what's so fascinating is home alone is when you talk about home alone the first thing people think of is the traps there was another movie where someone was laying down traps and i think i said the quote like he's home alone in it or something i remember thinking when i was watching um what's it skyfall the, the, James, the Dan, oh, Daniel yeah. Craig the Daniel Craig James Bond the third one he does at the, do that huh? yeah he's like laying a bunch of traps at the mansion mm-hmm. you know and I yeah. was like oh that's like Home Alone <laughs> but yeah. for adults and spies yeah so it's funny that like Home Alone has become synonymous with Macaulay Culkin but also traps like people trying it's you know like people trying to get in your house mm-hmm. and oddly enough I'm like that's the funniest part, and it's the coolest, but it's, like, not even the bulk of the movie. It's not even, like, what the movie's about. It's just, like, the antagonist, just, like, their final push into the house. But that's not even really the what the film's about. It
1: really right? isn't. It's it's not what the film's about at all. And it, it feels like it was just thrown in there to give it, like, an exciting conclusion.
0: No, okay, It, it yes. totally
1: doesn't belong in the movie at all.
0: I disagree but i don't think it comes completely out of left field sure it doesn't like really build into his character and like the theme of like oh maybe we should want your family for the holidays like not really but it's still really enjoyable and i still feel like it feels yeah
1: it's it's enjoyable but does does that mean it belongs in the movie
0: i think so and that's what we will get into okay uh but yeah i think it's it's just funny how when people think about this movie they're like it's about traps and it's like "Eh, that's not really the bulk of it and as we were talking about earlier there's like six five follow-ups to this and i think the mistake that those other movies had was just focusing on the traps because that's all it is when it's like well there's there's more to it than just there's more to this story than just the traps and stuff. Like, it's really about a kid who's growing resentful of his family. And it's kind of like him just going through the process of missing them. But I don't know. We will get into it. But those are general thoughts. Austin hates it. I like I it. I say hate it. I said no, that it's... Austin hates it. He hates, All right. All he hates right. the holidays <laughs> and he hates children. What a grinch. Uh-huh. <clears throat> no, uh-huh. no you're you, so but you think you liked it better as as a kid then
1: yes I definitely liked it more as a kid than I do as an adult
0: and that's the interesting thing I think like because you walked in when we were talking about it the first part you were like oh I think I might like it a lot like I really liked it as a kid I was saying beforehand we were prepping for this episode I was like oh I forgot about Richie Rich the 1994 film with Macaulay And I was like I love that movie but to be fair I have not seen it in a long time I don't think I've seen it in the past like Maybe twenty years.
1: I don't know if I ever watched the whole thing. I know it was on TV, and I think I was watching it, and I was like, "Oh, there's an old Richie Rich, and this is like the new version." But this was a long time ago.
0: <laughs> oh, Richie Rich is based on a. I thought so, right? is it one of those like old I, I things? That
1: like like little rascals. They're like, oh, let's, let's do all this old shit again.
0: Oh, he is. He was a he was a comic book character
1: probably the Rich- Archie comics Harvey comics whatever like, that is Yeah
0: is a fiction Richie Rich is a fictional character in the Harvey Comics universe hmm. <laughs> My only association with the with the IP was uh, <laughs> oh was the the film which I really loved <laughs> Wow oh, There's a, there's going to be a lot of nostalgia in this episode I feel yeah, cuz yeah. yeah, I feel like we we I mean I, I definitely grew up with him um Mhm and it's it's nice revisiting home alone
1: there, there were moments where I was like, oh, "That's really funny. I like that, but for those of you who haven't seen Home Alone, this is the party episode where we talk about what happens in the movie so that we can have like a more nuanced conversation um If you haven't seen the movie in a long time or if you're like, "I'll watch it, but what happens in the movie again? this is the party episode for you and if I sound Different. It's because I had COVID, um, and I'm I'm no longer COVID positive, but it has done a number on my voice. I don't know if I'll ever be the same again. <laughs> <laughs> but here, 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 here we go. Okay, so the movie starts. The McAllister family. There's there's a lot of people at this house. There's a lot of people at this house, and then there's a cop that's just inside. Who's trying to get the attention of, of some parents. And the cop is played by Joe Pesci. And the McAllister's are like running around. They're, everybody's like busy doing something. They're getting ready for this trip to Paris. And Kevin McAllister. Macaulay Culkin. The main character. He's kind of like the runt. Like the middle child of the family. Like he's. Everyone picks on him. And the adults ignore him. He has like a younger kid a cousin who like wets the bed who they're all like I don't know, I feel like they gave more attention to him. And there there's, there's his older his older brother, um, what's his name? Buzz, Buzz or something, who's who's like a bully. But like they all just let him be a bully. It whatever whatever happens, it's all Kevin's fault. You know, that's the kind of place he's in. And he's kind of a baby too. Like he doesn't he doesn't know what to pack for his trip family trip to paris so he's like what do i do how do i pack and his sister's like well mom's going to pack your bag anyway cuz you're like useless and i'm pretty sure that's that's what she says verbatim almost mm-hmm. uh and he, there's like a movie that he wants to watch but his parents won't let him watch and his uncle won't let him watch um i feel like the only like good relationship he has is maybe with his mom but there's like a, a, a scuffle where Buzz, his older brother, says something and Kevin pushes him, but he pushes Buzz into like all these drinks and it ruins the dinner. And everyone is just like, Kevin, you did it again. You ruined the family thing. And his mom is like, All right, you know what? Go upstairs, go to the attic, don't make a sound. You're, you're grounded until tomorrow. And he's like, I hate this family and she says some like motherly dismissive thing and she's like just go go just go away before that though there's uh, there's one more one more thing i should mention there's like a weird neighbor that they have who's basically boo radley right like he's just a weird guy who no one who people like make up stories about and they say that, oh yeah this guy he killed his family with a shovel so kevin is afraid of this old man um and that night there's an accident or something, like the windstorms, whatever. Um, it knocks over the power lines and it kills the power to the house so that they miss their alarm. So that they're late to um, to their flight for Paris on Christmas. So, or, or like over the Christmas holiday. So like, dude, if you miss your flight around this time, you are not getting on a plane. It, everything's oversold. Everything's full. So the family, they wake up and they're like, oh my God, we overslept. So they like rush into the car. They pack everything up. They they task one of the older cousins to like count heads to make sure everybody's in the car. But for some reason, there's this like weird kid who's like hanging around the McAllisters and she accidentally thinks he's Kevin. And then they all get on the, the bus. They'll drive to the airport. They get on the plane and they're like, all right, we made it. And the mom is like, I feel like we forgot something, and the dad's like, uh, "I left. I might have left the garage door open, but like, is that what is that what we forgot?" And she's like, "Hmm, I don't know. Something's weird." And then we cut to the house. Kevin was still in the attic. He's he's now he's home alone, and he's he's thinking that his family disappeared because he wished for them to disappear. Not that they went to the airport. Not that they went to Paris. He thinks his family has vanished. And he's like, woohoo! And he starts like eating ice cream for breakfast. He starts doing all the things that his parents wouldn't let him do. He like finds the that movie that his uncle wouldn't let him watch. It's called like Dirty Souls with Angel Faces or something like that. <laughs> um, and it's a, that was one of the things that made me laugh because the movie's like over the top violent. It's like a mm-hmm. film noir thing where the guy's like, I want my money. And then the guy's like, well, snakes, I'm not going to give you your money. I'm going to give you till the count of 10 to get out of here. I'm going to blow you away. One, two, three, 10. And then he just shoots him. And Kevin's like, oh, my God, this is horrible. And then the dude shoots him again when he's on the ground. Like just he's full of bullets. It was pretty funny. I, I mentioned before there's a cop in the house. It was um, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci's actually not a cop. He's part of the wet bandits. These two burglars that like go into people's houses. I guess he disguises as a cop and he finds out that, oh, this these people are gonna uh leave and they don't have a robust security system, so we can like rob this house. This is a big house. They got a lot of nice things. I can see all the TVs and all the jewelry and everything. These wet bandits um are like gonna rob every single house on this neighborhood and they call them the wet bandits because for some reason um joe pesci's partner marv likes to like plug up the sinks and leave the the faucets on so that the house floods and they're robbing these houses and they see kevin who's like walking home with groceries and they're like that kid he looked at me funny. Why did he look at me funny? It's because Kevin actually recognizes Joe Pesci because of like his gold tooth. And he's like, Oh, something's weird about that guy. And then they, they like follow him, but like he hides in like these, this like Jesus thing. And as Kevin is, is home alone, um, like buying groceries and doing chores and stuff, he's like missing his family. He plays tricks on the, on a pizza delivery guy. He like plays part of the, the, the movie, keep the change, you filthy animal, and all that, and the the pizza guy is afraid, and then he does it again when Marv is like trying to break into the house. Marv thinks that oh my god, someone already hit this house. And they one guy got shot, and he's telling Joe Pesci this, and he's like, "Whoa, that's crazy. We should wait here and see who walks out." And he's like, "Yeah, let's do that." But nobody walks out of the house, so they're they're kind of suspicious. And they see Kevin, and then he's like, wait a minute, that's that kid from before. This is this this kid's home alone. So they decide to break into his house at a specific time, and Kevin overhears this, and instead of going to the police, he goes to church. <laughs> and at church, he sees the old man who he's afraid of, and the old man tells him, you don't have to be afraid of me. I'm not a bad guy. I'm just estranged from my son. I said some things, and now he doesn't want me at Christmas anymore. And I I don't get to see my granddaughter, who's about your age. And Kevin's like, well, why don't you talk to him? And then the old man's like, well, I'm afraid. What if he says no? And then he's like, well, then you don't have anything to be afraid of. Like Either he'll take you back in, you get to see your granddaughter, or he'll just say, leave me alone. Either way, you don't have to be afraid. And he's like, oh, that's some good advice. I I'm and he gives him some like generic advice about his about like family and whatever. I forgot what he says, but it's like your generic like Christmas, feel good family stuff. And then Kevin goes home and he's like, Oh yeah, the bandits. And then he gets his house ready to to repel against this bandit attack. He like puts water on the stairs. He gets the paint cans. He gets his BB gun. And uh, they, like breaks some Christmas lights at the window sills, and he has like this, this like pulley like rappel system set up to go to his treehouse, and he waits for them to come. They get there, and they fall for all the traps. Joe Pesci gets his head set on fire, falls down some stairs, they get paint cans thrown in in their faces, and then once they've gone through all those traps uh Kevin has a plan to like zip line across to the treehouse they try to follow him on the zip line and he cuts it and they fall down to the ground and then they chase him into the neighbor's house the house that they have already burglarized so it's all like uh wet and Kevin gets caught and they 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 threaten to like bite his fingers off and they're like oh we're going to get you kid and then the old man with the shovel he comes in and saves Kevin McAllister, and he takes him to his house. And the next day, his mom comes home because she realized she left him Kevin alone, and she'd been trying the whole time to like get back to where they where they live, Pennsylvania. She's been trying the whole movie to like get back to Pennsylvania. She gets a ride with John Candy and and stuff, and she's like, "Oh, Kevin, we're here." your your mom's here the rest of the family couldn't make it but then the rest of the family shows up and his older brother buzz is like hey you did a really cool thing by staying home alone and staying alive and he's like thanks older brother and that's pretty much the end of the movie oh he sees the old man like reconcile with his family so he's like all right families win that's the end of the movie
0: Uh, The only correction is the movie takes place in Illinois uh, Illinois? or uh, Chicago.
1: Oh, that's right. Chicago. I forgot. Yeah. That's right. Because you see like the The freaking the the, the flag of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You see on their jacket, the uh, the bad, the Chicago badge. Yeah. Um, That's a recognizable flag. So I was like, oh, they're in Chicago. I was like, oh, that's a CM Punk flag. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much the movie. Now, I think we'll get to... We'll get to our confrontation at the end, Austin. All right? Mm. We'll get to the fight at the end. But there's some stuff I got to get off my chest. Mm-hmm. And it might be a little mini rant. Not a full-blown one. Can I? Go ahead. First off, I like the movie. hmm But holy shit, do I hate the family. I hate all yeah. of them. <laughs> they are super assholes Catherine o'hara maybe the least asshole of all of them but they're terrible this dude this movie makes does a good job of setting you up to hate them this family fucking sucks they're terrible when you were saying he's like a child like he's eight years old according to like the wiki eight years mm-hmm. old remember listeners listen remember when you were eight years old yeah like you still didn't know a lot of stuff right you still needed your parents to help you. This is a huge fucking family. So, Kevin has four siblings.
1: Yeah, it's because the the extended family is there too. So, you get like the uncle and the cousins and the
0: yeah, like they're the, all the there. Kids of the
1: are the people that are already in Paris. Too. Yeah,
0: and this ki- this family is co- is full of selfish selfish assholes. They're all running around. Nobody dares to call the parents uh to to call the parents and be like hey there's a cop down here hey someone's got a piece inside our house (laughs) (laughs) there's a cop in our house and everybody is shit talking kevin and it's like well you're incompetent oh you're gonna be stuck with the cousin that pees the bed catherine o'hara throws his ass up into the into the attic even though it's a nice attic it's a rich people attic but still you know you got buzz being an asshole to kevin which look sure kids like buzz's age will be assholes the busting doesn't They let, they let it happen.
1: They let it happen, though. Yes,
0: that's the problem. Buzz is uh is bugging Kevin for the pizza, right? Because they order a bunch of pizza. Nobody saves Kevin any pizza, any cheese pizza.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Obviously, nobody pays the fucking pizza man outside of Catherine O'Hara at the very end. So number one, that's rude. Also, even the pizza kid is a fucking idiot. Hit my god hitting a goddamn statue you're a pizza kid and you hit my goddamn statue i'm coming after your ass okay but anyway so buzz being the little shit he is which okay fine that's not what upsets me what upsets me, upsets me is everybody is seeing this because kevin and buzz are fighting in the kitchen where everybody's eating right kevin attacks him and there's like a there, there's like a mess you know like some some coke gets or pepsi gets spilled on the on the counter there's a mess everything happens and then everyone's like oh kevin how could you do this kevin kevin you're a dummy and i'm like what the fuck are you yelling at an eight-year-old for blame the fucking teen (laughs) blame buzz what are these fucking parents doing uncle frank oh execute this fool hang his ass i i could not stand this fucking family and there's a shot a pov of just everybody looking at Kevin and just dogging him and fucking in silence. And even his yeah. dad be like, bro, grow up, fucking pair of balls and fucking put your son in check. Not Kevin, Buzz. It's like, why are you attacking a child? Kevin's eight. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I just, it annoyed me so much, this fucking family. And I was like, I hope the plane crashes and they all die. <laughs> fucking Catherine O'Hara too she's she i'm not letting her off the hook this woman throws his ass into the attic she's she does it in like she's the only one that says hey she walks him to the attic hey get your ass up there you're ruining the night or whatever she doesn't say that but i'm paraphrasing she's like get your ass up in bed and you know she doesn't tell anybody else so it's her fault that kevin stayed she should have at least been like hey you guys like Kevin's sleeping in the attic. So just keep a heads up. No, we don't see that. So it's her fucking fault that he stayed up in the attic? Oh my God. Like this fucking family is terrible. <laughs> now, now, I'm not saying this as a fault of the movie. It's not like, I, I think it was a good thing because when Kevin does wake up and he's like, oh my God, I made my family disappear. It's like, yeah, you know what? Good on you, man. Like go enjoy live, have fun, fuck them. And then when you see the realization that, like, that face that Catherine and Hera has, where she's like, oh, Kevin, it's like, yeah, <laughs> good on you. Oh, my God. Fuck this family, dude. It's like, it justifies Kevin's feelings. Because he does feel, in or not inadequate, but he, he doesn't feel loved. So, mm-hmm. instead of trying to, like, you know, get some help, or instead of, like, trying to figure out what's happening, he's like, no, fuck him. You know? And... At least for me, watch. I'm a grown ass man too. I'm watching. I'm like, yeah, fuck him. Like, do whatever you want, bro. When he broke uh, the shelves on in Buzz's room, I was like, fuck Buzz. You know, it's just the movie does a good job of getting you to uh, dislike this family at best. You know, yeah. At worst, I hated them. But even Uncle yeah, Frank, yeah, it, it's very
1: dude. yeah. That he's be terrible, but it's very like. A obnoxious like overwhelming scene with them all running around the house and just like the the behavior of the older kids towards Kevin just being unchecked is like oh my god these people like what? I know they're like traveling to a foreign country and they're nervous about it but like Jesus Christ and I don't think that the film ever like like makes you miss them mm. at all like what redeeming why do you miss them Kevin
0: no, you just but, miss
1: them because you're lonely because that's what it feels like.
0: Yeah, but but that's no, but but it makes sense because you're looking at this from the perspective of an 8-year-old kid. He dislikes the family, but he still finds th- but he can't help but miss them. Look, again, we're not talking about people that are like straight up choking Kevin or beating his ass. It's not abusive. It's it's about a family that doesn't like acknowledge him. Well, it's, it's neglect neglect, neglect is, is a they, kind they're, of abuse. neglectful, but, and they are annoying him, which you could argue that's how children's go. But in the end of the day, he just grows to miss them, you know? And it's like for an eight year old kid, like you don't need Godfather levels of backstory and motivation to be like, ah, but see, that's why he, that he needs his family. Now it's like, no, he's a kid who's home alone, stuck by himself during Christmas. I'll, I'll tell you a story. In 2013, I had an uncle who passed away in Mexico. My mom and my dad and my sister all went to Mexico to grieve with uh, my aunt. Mm -hmm. She had lost her son uh, like 10 years ago. So this woman had lost both her son and her her husband within like a 10, 15 year lifespan. Tough. Mm -hmm. Right? So my parents... Went out and I couldn't go with them because I was working. I was at Irvine and I was working. I was like, I can't take time off work. It's too soon. I don't have anyone to cover me and it's going to ruin the entire schedule. So I said, oh, right, I'll stay. So during like the winter break, I stayed by myself for a long time. Now, I did go to work, but at night I would stay by myself in the apartment, you know, like everybody had gone home and I was nineteen twenty, I think. Uh, and yeah, and I would still see people occasionally, but for the most part, I was by myself at home in my apartment and I was fine with it. But after like the second week, I was like, I kind of miss people. <laughs> You're like, I, I do miss like people that I can talk to and just have conversations. So even as a grown ass man, knowing the context, like of what, why my, I couldn't see my family. I was like, I miss them. You you do miss them, especially around the holidays, because this is a time that is, you know, kind of reserved for visiting family and friends and loved ones. So for an eight-year-old to, to feel that, even with a family that's fucking terrible to him, I'm like, I get it.
1: Hmm. I think I just don't feel relieved when his family shows up. Like, I don't, like, that's supposed to be, like a, like, an emotional um like ah yes the family like when when two characters who are like family are like separated and they're like reunited by the end i feel like there should be some kind of emotional catharsis or something right Mm -hmm. i don't think i feel that because they're they did such a good job of making us hate them they never redeem them or, or, or make them feel like or at least tell us why kevin misses them instead of the house just not being empty. Like, what about them does he miss?
0: I guess is I think he's just, he's so small and he's so young. I'm pretty sure Kevin likes his family. But he says all those things, especially to his mom in the beginning, because he's lying to himself and he's also trying to hurt his mom. The reality of the situation is, I think he really does like his family. He's just fed up with appearing the way he does like, having the family see him this way. And because of the bulk of the movie, we don't ever get to see them, like, with him. It's hard for us to be like, well, oh, this is why, like, he they need him back. It's like, it's... Unless you wanted the, like, fat flashbacks and stuff. It's like, oh, see, remember Buzz and Kevin actually getting along? It's like, well, I guess.
1: It's not necessarily, like, a flashback, but maybe that in that scene where he's at the church, where, like, I get why the old man... No, like the reason the old man's at the church is because that's the only way he can see his granddaughter.
0: But in that scene, you have him say, I, I kind of regret how it all went down. And I wish I could see my family. And Kevin, at this point, is still really lonely. And he's like, you know what? I'm probably going to feel like this guy. I wish I had. He doesn't know that his family is like on their way back. He doesn't. He's not really put the pieces together, but he's looking and at he, this old man. He still
1: thinks that they disappeared for Christmas. Like it was some miracle that they did vanished.
0: Yeah, he. But he's
1: eight. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, I think there needs to be a level of disbelief or suspension of disbelief in kind of what yeah. you. And it doesn't seem like you're buying it.
1: I I think it's because there's there's like a lot of stuff that you just kind of have to like. Oh yeah, that I'll I'll let it pass. Like there's some stuff that you just kind of have to accept. To to go along with the movie, right? Like, yes, John Wick's suit is bulletproof. You know, Mm -hmm. but there's still like, um, a a level of, um, I know who this guy is and what the stakes are, and I believe this friendship with his with this rival Donnie Donnie Yen character, you know, Mm -hmm. and I understand the Donnie Yen character's motivations and and everything. Mm -hmm. There's there's just something missing in Home Alone to get me on an emotional level to like actually care about. The characters and not be just be entertained by the scenes that I'm watching, if that makes sense.
0: No, 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 it totally does. And it's interesting because I I feel the opposite. I feel like everything worked really well for me. Even if I am making that jump at those uh, suspensions of disbelief, very much like, why does he start missing his family? Oh, well, he just misses his family because he actually likes them. I don't need to see it. And I buy into that emotional truth. So at the end, when you're like, eh, it's not totally hitting for me. For me, it does. That little acknowledgement from Buzz, it's enough for me to buy into what's happening. You know, the movie is really about him coming to terms with the fact that he doesn't dislike his family. And it's probably better that he make amends with them. Uh, and like you said, that scene in the church where he's, he's like, yeah, it's probably better if you just like call your son. And he's like, oh, well, I don't know if I can. And it's like, well, you'll never know.
1: Like I, I feel like I'm more invested in the old man's story than I am in Kevin McAllister's story. Like I don't remember what does what does the old man say to Kevin? What is the the piece of advice that he gives to Kevin? Like, because they both give each other advice, right?
0: Yeah. Kev- Kevin tells him to call his family.
1: Right. What does the old man say to to Kevin?
0: Well, to make amends like, with his family. Well, kind of, because the, the old man says. Uh, what's the line? He says, uh, "Now the now we could argue the the semantics of it and what they said verbatim, but ultimately this is Kevin who's been scared of this person, right? Because he's like, oh, he killed his family. Learned that oh, things actually in this world aren't as scary as you think they are. That's what gives him the will to fight Marvin Harry." <laughs> I mean, it's enough. I mean, he's scared. Like, he's scared. He's going into church. And afterwards, he starts prepping. And then you see him eat that mac and cheese. I think meeting, meeting uh, what's his name? Marley. There's that line that he says, no offense. Aren't you too old to be afraid? And Marley says, you you can be too old for a lot of things, but you're never too old to be afraid. And then Kevin pulls out the uno reverso. And he's like, well, aren't you too afraid to call your son? And he's like, oh, shit. Maybe you're right. That's, that's what happens. That's the emotional truth of that scene.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, and I think it worked with me. It did. Because it also gave. Because at this point, I'm like, Kevin, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of moves for Kevin to make as well at this point. Because this is the night that Harry and Marv are going to go into his house. Uh, and he knows it's, like, going to happen at a certain time. There's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff for him to do. But he decides to go back. He's like, no, I'm going to fight. Because this is not like the furnace. The, the, it's like the furnace. It's not that scary. Hmm. I think you're not totally in the wrong because I do think that with this movie and with this premise, I think there's a lot of holes that you could kind of put like pluck into it, you know, and it's like, well, why doesn't Kevin just call the police or why doesn't Kevin do this or why doesn't Kevin do that? And it's like, you know, some of those are more like reasonable to ask versus others. Vents aren't really human sized, right? Like air vents. But we see people use them all the time. Oh yeah, because, for
1: sure. Exactly. That's just right? something that we we just go to accept, which is fine. Well, like, exactly,
0: it's fine. It's if you it's... really want to be stingy, you would call that out. Now, but I will say, in Home Alone, there are more reasonable ex uh more reasonable holes that you could pick out. I think it just depends on whether you're vibing with the movie. If you think it's funny, if you if you find Kevin's little uh, time being home alone, if you find that enjoyable, I think you're more willing to go with it. But whereas if you're like really just like, ah, I don't know, I'm not vibing with this. I just don't, I'm not, you're not entertained by it. I think you're going to be more detached from it. And that ending where he does reunite with his family will kind of land a bit softer and it won't give you the same impact as seeing uh, Ma- or, uh oh, man, the, the old man like reunite with his son, you know. Which is a great scene.
1: It's very like that's like what you'd expect from a Christmas movie. Like it like feel good like oh mm-hmm. he got back he talked to he took the advice of the, the weird kid <laughs> who's wiser beyond his ears and he's reunited with his family.
0: Yeah. And like, there is there is even mm. something kind of um strange about Kevin, right? Because he is clearly a child, but he's a lot more like inventive and mature than he kind of lets on. So he's kind of both of these characters. He's someone who is inventive and mature, but also very childish. You're asked by the filmmakers to say, well, you have to, you know, understand that he's more mature, which is why he could take on these henchmen. But if Kevin was really mature, he would have called the cops a lot sooner. Hell, he hears it in broad daylight, like, oh, we're going to be back here at nine. (laughs) So it gives him a lot of hours to like, Hey, some people tried robbing me. They're going to be here at 9 p.m. My parents... Like, this could have been very easily handled with a phone call.
1: And like, they, they, they do that thing where, like, okay, well, the phone lines are down, too. So it's like, all right. But then he orders the pizza on the phone. And it's like, well, I guess the phones aren't down anymore. So I guess he could call. And his well, and parents have been trying to call since they were at the airport. And they haven't been able to reach anyone because the phone lines were down.
0: But he he did call for pizza... Also, we're forgetting that he ran into a cop earlier when he was buying a toothbrush. Remember, they thought he was a. Uh... So it's not impossible for him to find a police officer. I, you know, like. But maybe
1: they could. It could be that he's like afraid of the police because they know he stole that to- toothbrush, right? So that that could be a, a reason why.
0: Per- perhaps.
1: But, like I don't, I don't want him to call the cops. I think that that would be a lame ending to the movie, but. It is weird that there's this, they're not really explaining why he doesn't. Like for me, it makes sense. He doesn't want to because he doesn't know what cops he can trust. Because um, Joe Pesci was disguised as a cop, and that cop saw him steal a toothbrush and chased him for it for some reason. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense why Kevin McAllister is afraid of cops, right? Why he doesn't why he doesn't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. I I don't um understand why he would go to such lengths to defend his home
0: well because it because i think throughout the film you see him not just embrace his childness behaviors and eat all the ice cream in the fridge and watch violent movies he goes to the store he buys groceries he'd like he he tries to do the laundry like he <laughs> he thinks his family is gone and he feels like he has to be there. he's the new homeowner he even he he thinks he's the man of the house. hell, there's that whole routine in the bathroom, you know where we get the iconic scream after he puts on the aftershave. Mm-hmm. he feels like he's the man, and he he you know he thinks about his fear of the furnace and how he got over it just by doing the laundry and when he talks to Marley, which is the old guy, it's like, yeah, like I'm this is my home, I'm the man. You know, I'm going to protect it until my family gets here. You know, because that's when he goes to the Sienna. For me, that's everything. He just wants to stay Mm. at home and protect it. That's his home. That's his family's home. He wants them back. And he's not going to let these guys come in and take it. That's all the movie needs to do, in my opinion. Because I feel like, you know, if the movie tried to go out of its way to explain every little detail, I, I feel like at that point, you're just trying to justify your premise
1: but the movie does spend a lot of time doing that.
0: Well, no, no, it does it because it I think it justify how the family forgot about him. Because you're like, "Okay, how the fuck do you you forget your child?" <laughs> yeah. Like that's a that's a very very honest that's a that's a good question. How the fuck do you forget your child? And the movie does a good job explaining that. After that, they explain how she's trying to get back, but they're also like, you know, just see day in the life of kevin who is not held back by his family he's not annoyed by them he is doing what he wants to do and he's you know being a child but also growing up and by the end he's like well fuck if i'm gonna let someone come in here and take my shit i think it's not impossible for for people to think like you like "Eh, i i feel like maybe i needed more of that character from macaulay culkin from kevin maybe i needed more character maybe i needed more of like that switch uh, but mm-hmm. for me personally, I was fine with suspending my disbelief. And it's like, he's an eight-year-old kid in Christmas. He just wants his family. You know, like, they're not, they're not like, uh, they're not like physically abusing him. You know, they're being assholes. But I mean, I've been an asshole to my sister and she's been an asshole to me. And at the end of the day, we still always find a way to come back together.
1: I'm in kind of a pain lately. I said some things I shouldn't have. I really haven't been too good this year. Yeah. I'm kind of upset about it because I really like my family. Even though sometimes I say I don't. Sometimes I even think I don't. Do you get that?
2: I think so. How you feel about your family is a complicated thing.
1: Especially with an older brother.
2: Deep down, you always love them. But you didn't forget that you love them. And you can hurt them, and they can hurt you. And that's not just because you're young.
1: Okay.
0: So you're wrong, bitch! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, but I but I do... Um, I see exactly where you're coming from. And, like, something I wanted to bring up real quick was this movie has, like, a, a 66% on Rotten Tomato, right? 66 is not a bad score. It's a little above... Uh, a little above average. But it kind of does indicate to me that. Even upon first. Uh, when it first initial release. There are some people who just. I guess weren't weren't willing to drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, and I think. You can it's- get into
1: that. Um, after I think. Yeah. I, I want to talk about. Other other stuff. Like in the movie itself. Because there, yeah. is, there is somebody. Who I saw talking about. Home Alone 3. Somebody very famous. Roger Ebert. Um, talking about how much he liked Home Alone three, and Whoa. he said he said something that made Siskel want to murder him. <laughs> Whoa, okay, <laughs> and, I'm he, curious. and he said something that was like I was like, "What are you kidding me?" And I had to like, I, I so I went into watching this movie thinking of that weird interaction that I saw, and then being like, "Okay, hmm, this movie's not." I'm not enjoying this as much as I used to. And then I went back and I read Roger Ebert's review of this film. And I'm like, I think I agree with some of the stuff he's saying here. I think he's articulating it. He's a little bit meaner than me, but I guess that's, that's why he's Roger Ebert. You know, that's why he's entertaining.
0: Well, He's
1: the voice of movies for so long.
0: Oh, absolutely. And again, I could see, I could see that kind of perspective. It's like, eh, this doesn't make a lot of logical sense or the film doesn't do a lot of things i'm more willing to go and, and
1: like the logical sense is is fine i i think it needs to make sense from like a character perspective and i don't think it does it enough for me mm. and it's, that's what it's like i don't i don't it like you know you got to have your, your premise you gotta have your kid home alone that's fine mm-hmm. the 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 phone lines are down all right that's fine he doesn't want to go to the cops okay that's why would you go to the cops that'd be boring but I think there's, like, a lot of other stuff that I'm just, like, uh, why is this happening again? I feel that. He's, he's like, a, a freaking engineer at this point where it's, like, oh, that could have been one of the things that maybe his family was annoyed by because he kept trying to, like, do shit like this. And they're, like, dude, we have, like, you, you can just, like... Ask an adult to like get up and grab this this thing that's in a high to reach place, and to like build this structure to like reach the thing or whatever, you know, like something like that. So that his like ability to like build everything just doesn't come out of nowhere. I don't know. It's like stuff like that. Like if it comes from like a character's a character thing, and I can learn more about the character and the relationships between the family members, then I I feel like I'm I'm um satisfied even if it doesn't make like a lot of logical sense
0: Hmm. i don't think that would be a bad inclusion in the film honestly like i i I can agree i can also take the movie that we have and say, no i think it does enough for i was thoroughly entertained by it and i was surprisingly entertained by the the by the first and second act where it's you know introducing the family and then also when he's home alone like actually home alone uh, I was like, wow, I'm actually really enjoying this. Like I think it's kind of cute to follow McColly Kokan around and kind of see how he's treating his house and kind of all the things that he's into, you know, and kind of like also uh like how he's like fooling these robbers.
1: The fake party thing, cause he I don't know how he knows, but they I guess he thinks they're the burglars are coming to like scope like um get like a, a feel of who's at the house.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he sets up like a fake party so that the people will think oh there's a, there's a party happening at this house there's a bunch of people here but it's actually just like a train set and like a bunch of cutouts and he's like
0: well some of them are puppets there's the michael jordan cutout that's on a train <laughs> michael jordan uh, which funny. is so cool then there's like a there's like a, a mannequin on top of like a vinyl um what's it called like a vinyl player what's um
1: the record player a record
0: player yeah sorry and it just makes the house look full. And from the outside, it's like, oh, that looks pretty believable. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm entertained by all that. I think it's great. And I do kind of think it is, it is, I just thought it was funny because I thought the whole movie was just this home alone traps aspect. But it wasn't. It's really about this kid being at home alone, kind of. Um, <laughs> just
1: He's kind of like learning to to take care of the house. Yeah. yeah. Which I think, I think we could have had a little bit more of that.
0: I think you start pushing the runtime.
1: Well, that's, well, there is 20 minutes of the movie where he booby traps the house. <laughs> you know what I
0: mean? No, but but that's, the, but that's the thing. I think having only like the 20 minutes of just him booby tripping the house was great. I thought it was fantastic. It's like, okay, there's enough here. And it does feel kind of like, obviously, it, it does feel a little like horror-ish in a way. Because, you know like, And by the end of the film, you have, like, the characters go, where are you? You know? And Kevin's just around. Like, we don't, like, totally. We're not with Kevin when all that happens. We do see him every so often. But we're really with uh, Marv and Harry. And kind of seeing all the stuff that they're going through. Like, we see every bit of torture that they go through.
1: Um, Marv gets electrocuted in the second one. Because I didn't see him turn into a skeleton.
0: (laughs) Oh. I forgot that they did a uh, quiet place. They, oh that one. Oh,
1: yeah the the
0: <laughs> Yeah that one I was like oh fuck Yeah, yeah. He,
1: like the movie gets like all of a sudden like cartoonish violence but like violence that would kill people but like they have wily e. coyote DNA so they survive everything Yeah which is it's just fine I'm not saying that's a bad thing but the tone and the violence is is not Like, we don't get a glimpse of that earlier in the film, except for, like, that fake movie that he's watching. Yeah. Which is one of the other things I really enjoyed. It's called um, Angels with Filthy Souls, which is not a real movie. It it was something they shot to, like, um, be in this movie. But it's it's just, like, so over-the-top violence, but it's over-the-top violence for a kid's movie. Right. Mm-hmm. So if cuz if they show like an actual movie that's like actually like if they showed Scarface or something, there'd be too many too many curse words. There'd be too much blood. You can't show that in a kids movie. But the way they do it in in this movie is like funny over the top violence, but it's like kind of safe for kids cuz like the guy gets murdered, but he's not bloodied. You yeah. know, he's like shot a million times and he's still like reacting to all the bullets, so it's like funny
0: (laughs) well and they also well they also they wrote it specifically so like okay so we're going to have him use the tape the film right when people are trying to enter we need to write something that can be very ambiguous so when you hear it it's like it's you know and that could be really tricky by trying to find another movie that's like all right let's find a movie that has the exact lines that we need or lines that are close enough and Mm. at that point it's like well fuck it let's just film it like we know what we need we need these two guys talking about money we're gonna like we know how we're gonna use this scene like we know and and the thing about it too it's like it's something that he could fast forward something that he could rewind so it's like let's just do our (laughs) own thing that way we get the lines that we need it works out perfectly and it's so good and they're not beholden to that film's depiction of violence because here chris columbus can dial the violence in and out like he's like okay let's have let's not have blood pellets go off um we're going to have the performances be a little hammy. So if you're an eight year old, this might, con- this might scare you like heaven, but it's also cartoony violence. It's not like RoboCop violence where uh, right. 8209 <laughs> is, sh- or is 8209, right? Yeah. 8209
1: shoots the, the guy at the, the, the boardroom.
0: Cause yeah, I was, I may have been, I forgot how old I was, but that fucked me up. <laughs> I, and I also the scene of, where like Murphy oh, gets this- killed
1: this is this is like that's that thing that messed up george when he was a kid
0: yeah robocop i was
1: thinking of you when i was watching this movie
0: yeah well no that's that's how i knew <laughs> that i was like it's not even a bad movie and it's like well still don't your uncle's telling you not to go watch it i go watch robocop and i'm like oh my god they are dismembering fucking murphy they are remo- they're shooting off his limb and then you get the guy dying on top of the the, the 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 model city and you're like oh my god like this movie's fucking violent
1: yeah and that the violence in that movie is over the top on purpose yes it's a satire um, but if you're a little kid and you're watching it you're gonna be scared yeah C- case in point George was scared yeah. well, watching and that's,
0: but that's why they couldn't use another movie they were like we can kill two stones with one bird we can kill
1: two birds with one stone
0: <laughs> yeah that's what I meant. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. We can we could get the dialogue that we need that will work when the pizza kid and when Marv come by the house. Or we could also tone the violence to what we needed at, so we could get yeah. PG. So
1: like you can you can have a kid like Kevin McAllister who's not real. Um, have have Macaulay Culkin play him be being afraid and it makes sense. But to have actual kids in the theater watch the scene and be like, ha ha, that's funny. Yeah, we're not. You know it's it's I that's probably one of my favorite things about this movie is the fake movie that they made to be <laughs> in the
0: movie. Oh man. Uh,
1: so good. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Yeah, so good.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's an an entertaining movie honestly. Like I think all throughout the film I'm personally enjoying it. I think there are like funny scenes. Like him being chased by the cop after like accidentally like taking the toothbrush. I was like, fire this fucking cop. This dude's useless. If you can't catch an eight-year-old... Ch- oh. Why is he
1: chasing a kid for stealing a toothbrush? Like, that's not...
0: Well, well okay, That's to not be a fair, good
1: use of, of... Well, he's a cop, so...
0: No, no, what? Okay, okay, so that's A-Cab. the thing. What? I was like, he doesn't know that he just took a toothbrush. Like, the, the guy just says shoplifters. So he's like, oh, well, I gotta go find a kid, right? Um, But also, too, I was like, in real life, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is horrible to think—it's horrible in real life, but just thinking about it in like a Family Guy way, it's like, uh, Kevin would have gotten fucked up. Which reminds me of that scene from Family Guy where they kind of uh, lampoon this scene, or the the home the trap scene where you have mm. the two robbers just annihilate Kevin. <laughs>
1: They're trying to in this movie.
0: No, but they're do, but they're doing the the movie like the whoa, I can't walk on ice, whoa. But in <laughs> in the in the Family Guy clip, the two robbers like just like they don't let even Kevin finish his, they don't let him finish his uh his his like sentences. They just start shooting him. <laughs> Hold on, have you seen it?
1: No, I I I can imagine. It's you just say like the Family Guy version, and I can like, oh yeah, I know what you mean.
0: Yeah. Like they just, they just beat the shit out of him. <laughs>
1: um, oh, they
0: call it Home Alone with competent robbers.
1: Home Alone with competent robbers.
0: Yeah, and it's funny too because I feel like Robot Chicken did it as well. So it's like mm-hmm. very paritable. Like it's very like paritable. Is that is that a set?
1: It's easily parried. Parried. Yeah, there you go. That's what it and, is. And it's because everyone knows this movie. This yeah. movie's like one of the most it was one of the most successful comedy films of all time until mm-hmm. like a film that was released in the 2000s think The Hangover Part 2 something like that that's like
0: wow really It's it's an iconic movie and honestly I see it like I get it Macaulay Culkin uh, the cast is great right like especially like a young Macaulay Culkin like this kid you know sure you could go in and be like well that line is not believable." it's like he's a he's a kid he's a child like it's fine if not every line is convincing and he's still charismatic like it I think when you're judging a child actor you have to ask yourself like am I buying what this kid is selling or are they just entertaining enough to get me through the movie right like are they are they not cringy or I just are they mm-hmm. better than bad? Because <laughs> there are some child actors that just don't have it. That just look like they're reading from cue cards, and and I, and look, I don't want to dogpile on them. Like it's a tough job. Like it's not. Fuck. Try putting me in front of a camera. I get nervous. So to have a young Macaulay Culkin in the film and look like he's actually feeling the way he's supposed to. It's like this is great. Uh, on top of that, you've got the two robbers played by Joe Pesci and Daniel uh, uh, Daniel Stern. Great guys. Catherine O'Hara obviously is great. Um, John Candy. Like, it's just, the cast is great.
1: Yeah, it, I, I think um for me, Daniel, is his name Daniel Stern? Daniel Stern. It's like the, the classic, like, all right, the, this one's tall, but he's stupid. And this one is less stupid, but he's small. And they have this <laughs> kind of, like, abusive... Like, they, like, insult each other and stuff. And Marv will put up with a lot of the abuse from Harry, mm-hmm. uh, who's Joe Pesci's character. But, like, Harry's not that much smarter than uh, Marv. Like, no. I think Marv, in some cases, is smarter. Like, i I, Because Marv is the... Is Harry is the one that's, like, pushing to rob all these houses, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, dude, if they, they didn't need to, like, hit this house. Like, this was the house that was, like... Like, it gave them problems before... And if you're like a successful thief, right? You're a successful thief as long as you don't get caught. So why would you hang around? Because <laughs> it's to the big tuna. This, like their van is full of shit. And they it's hit the every big, single house.
0: It's the challenge of being able to go. It's the white whale. People will pursue their <laughs> white whale even if it's self destructive. But they yeah, don't care. That's that's true. And and that's the thing. And also like which mean, we could talk about like Kevin's parents are loaded, you know, they're disgusting and
1: disgustingly loaded. Like I want them to get robbed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, yes, I do too. because These <laughs> these people are super fucking rich. And it's funny because like you go into the house, like, yeah, this is like, honestly, if I was robbing, like this is a gold mine, you know, that's the, it's the big tuna. And if the only thing, and, and the thing is to, they're not smart, but they're putting two to two together, or one to one together, two and two together. I don't know what the saying is. <laughs> they're like, okay, we know the family's gone, but there's a but there's yeah. a party there. Well, this doesn't make sense. We we heard on the answering machine that they're in Paris, and they, I think was it. I
1: don't know the order of events, but there was like a shooting that they overheard.
0: That was That, yeah, they, that was after the party.
1: That they think actually happened like they never figured out that that was part of the movie like you kind of expect them to because he's like snakes
0: ah, that sounds familiar well it, well even i think one of them says like i've heard or i think it was marv who's like i've heard that voice before it's probably because he recognizes the actor
1: yeah but and like you'd expect it you'd expect there to be like a thing where he realizes oh that was the movie
0: they don't come to that conclusion but they don't come do to that
1: conclusion. But they don't know that nobody was murdered there.
0: No, but but they're smart enough to know that, oh, it's a kid and he's by himself. Like, they do come to that conclusion. Yeah,
1: they do. They do have like the classic, like, say the name of the movie
0: in in the dialogue. The kid is home alone. And every time I see the title in the movie, I'm like, oh, hey. Yeah. Remember that kid we saw the other day? lives here
2: well if the kid's there the parents gotta be he's home alone
0: gotta be kidding you want to come back tonight Uh uh-huh even with the kid here Uh uh-huh i don't think that's a good idea Harry. look
1: that house is the only reason we started working this block in the first place ever since i laid eyes on that house i wanted
0: it honestly they underestimate kevin But they're not wholly dumb to go into the house, you know, because look, I
1: I think they're kind of dumb for going in the house. No,
0: no, no, no. Look, bro, if you had a goal and an eight year old was standing in your way, are you going to give up? No,
2: if you had a goal
0: and an eight year old (laughs) was standing in your way, you're like, okay. What do I have to do to get this kid out of my way? Whatever goal it is, you know? It's like, oh, uh, I want to date this woman. Oh, but she has an eight-year-old kid. You don't just give up and stop pursuing the woman. You're like, no. I I I think unless
1: you want to be a dad.
0: No. Look, if I like the woman and her eight-year-old kid is kind of getting in the way, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, I guess I just can't stop dating her. It's like, okay, how can I win this kid over? Maybe it's having a play date. Maybe it's talking to him. Maybe it's relating to him. Maybe it's playing fucking Fortnite with him. I don't know. You don't give up because an eight-year-old's like, wow, I don't think you should date my mom. Same thing with these guys. They're like, look, we could clear a lot of money with this house and we just have an eight-year-old standing in our way? Bro, I'll tell you this. And I feel like most people would have like, that's what's been parried. Like, if you had, honest to God, like crooks, they would destroy Kevin. That's what Family Guy did it. I think Robot Chicken did it. It's like, fuck this kid. Now, Because this is a family Christmas movie, uh, which this is a Christmas movie, by the way, sort of, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's a Christmas adjacent. It's a
1: Christmas movie.
0: Yeah, actually, yeah, it is a Christmas movie. You can't have the robbers, you know, totally waste Kevin. But I I get where the robbers are coming from. Like, look, we can make easily 10,000, 10,000, 20,000 from this house, and an eight year old is standing in our way. Fuck that kid. <laughs> Fuck that kid. Whether we actually kill him or we just like tape him up and throw him in the closet, whatever. I'm I'm going into that house. And that's where we get the finale. So, yeah, man. I Look, man, if you're going to let an 8-year-old kid punk you, Austin, you can't be having that, man. You got to find a way to get around that kid, whether you shove him or you win him on you win his heart. God, get that 8-year-old kid out of the way.
1: Well, they tried to do this six times and were unsuccessful every time. So I,
0: <laughs> I think you just
1: go to a different house. I don't know, but it's you know like you, they they're the, the, then the movie doesn't happen right. So they gotta go for the house, but it's like man, I always thought Marv or Marv was the dumb one, but they're both really dumb.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Like Marv didn't want to go in the house at all, and Harry pushed him into it. And then there's that one moment where they're kind of strategizing and uh, it's so funny. Harry says something like, why don't we just wait here to see who comes out? I think after they hear like the, the fake gunshots yeah. and then Harry just or Marv just like looks at him for the like the longest time in silence. And it's like, that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, it's not a good idea. But that's really funny. But, <laughs>
2: uh,
1: he's so good. And then there's like when Kevin goes to the tree house and they decide to like follow him on the zip line. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is literally a fucking Wily e. Coyote roadrunner. It is. It's which works like, that's for what the he movie. wants. He wants us to go down through the house, not through all of his traps. Well, we're not going to leave you outside by an eight year old kid. We're going to follow him on this rope that is barely holding us both at the same time.
0: <laughs> but that's what makes it funny. <laughs> and and here's the thing too look it's funny because i sympathize with the robbers a lot like robbing the house You know, I, I I sympathize with the robbers i really do because you know look going through everything that they went through in that fucking house and you're like we have to get out we have to go through all of that again just to get out the fucking house i'm like no I'm you know where the traps the are this time though i i don't but you don't know. They, they thought going they in was going to be easy. And they're falling the stairs. This dude steps on a nail. It's like there could be a bunch of traps. There's a fucking tarantula in the house. I'm like, m- look, maybe the possibility of there being more traps. Like, maybe there could be. They they got in. They could go out the way they came in. Fuck that. I'm not going through that house. I'm not. You know what
1: happened? <laughs> you know why he stepped on the nail? Because he didn't expect it to be there. He didn't look at the steps.
0: But that's the thing. They, were, they weren't, they were like, just running in. They were like, ah, a window. And, you know? And they're just like, I got to be real quiet. And that's when he steps on these fucking, uh, on the, the what's it called? Um,
1: the Christmas ornaments? The yeah, lights. the
0: ornaments. It's like, Kevin did outsmart the This dude, okay, how many times is there a goddamn fire torch hanging over an open door? Never. Did, oh, my God. That makeup job was incredible. Because you could, that burn... Is bad. That scar is, or that, oh, <laughs> it was gnarly.
1: Yeah, and it worked because the the fire was on the inside, right? Like, so so if you're going out, you see all the traps there.
0: I don't. Pers- personally for me, I understood where the robbers were coming from. Like, nah, <laughs> oh I'm just God. gonna I'm just gonna go through the rope. Like, oh my God. I, I, I'm not going back through that house. There's a spider. There's a Chinese tarantula, dude. If you're trying to get with
1: a girl with an eight-year-old, I think you're going to lose, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna I think you're going to lose. I think the eight-year-old's going to beat your ass. <laughs>
0: Maybe, man. Because <laughs> the whole time at the end, I'm like, I get why they're doing this. It's like, what, you want us to use the rope? It's like, fuck yeah, use the rope. Don't go, don't go back through the house. Oh, hell no.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Hell no. Ugh. <laughs> it's funny because I was like, I get where the robbers are coming from. Like, yeah, just just rob the house. There's an eight year old in there. Fuck them. Oh, I'm not going back after everything I've seen that kid do. I'm not going back through the house. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's totally funny, and I I love the robbers. They're great. I was so ready yeah, for really. Joe Pesci to just be like, "This motherfucking cocksucker, <laughs> you yeah. stupid little bitch." <laughs> oh and just whack the shit out of kevin but it, it, it just i mean obviously that's like his persona and like uh goodfellas and casino mm. but uh but he does a great job yeah honestly i feel like the robbers are written like competently enough where it's like uh, look, i'd like to see a poll of people it's like would you go through walk through the house to get out of it i'm i'm curious to see how many people would be like fuck that i'm jumping out the window maybe i'm not like gonna hang on the rope but i'm jumping <laughs> down, like. Worst, I'll I'll hurt my knee. But going through the house, I don't know what what else is in there.
1: And okay, that that reminds me of this weird thing that happens at the end. He calls the cops, right? Mm-hmm. But he, he it's an anonymous call, so they don't know the the police don't know that he was a victim of an attempted robbery, and neither do the parents. So so, so
0: at the end of the movie.
1: Buzz sees his shelf destroyed for no reason.
0: Well, it, okay, so they, they, they do not even talk about the robbery. The police don't even go up to Kevin's house.
1: They don't even know Kevin was the one that called.
0: What would have been greater, like, what would have been cooler is if, like, the cops are all over. Like, if the house is destroyed or there's, like, cops and then Mar- uh, Catherine O'Hara goes in. He's like, oh, you're okay. What happened? He's like, man, you know, like, I Dude, I, don't know. I, I I
1: knew that it wasn't going to happen. But when the Catherine O'Hara goes through the front door, I'm like, oh my god, no! She doesn't know. She doesn't.
0: Yeah, no. Okay, I was thinking that too. I was thinking like, fuck! I hope he remembers all the traps he laid out because if someone goes through those stairs, it, oh my god, they're they're fucked.
1: It would have been kind of funny to see Buzz go through a trap or something. Yeah, no, no, hundred
0: percent. Well, at the very least, he saw that his room was like completely like torn up. And honestly, I don't think anyone's gonna fault Kevin. Like, I feel like the truth is knew- gonna.
1: If they I- knew that the house was hit, but I don't think they're going to know, right? Because there's nothing that ties them together except for the old man, right? And Kevin Kevin was an eight-year-old who thought his he wished his parents away for Christmas, so when he tells them that they, he was a victim of an attempted robbery, are they going to believe him? Are they going to believe that he befriended the old crazy man across the street?
0: Well, they did make a sequel, so... They do acknowledge it, they blo- it at some point. Like they like they either do. the sequel not acknowledges it and they're like, Oh yeah, all that happened, or they just ignore it. It's like, oh, that never happened. I think so- if
1: you if you were just take the first movie as like cause they didn't know they're gonna make six movies, right? Just the events of the first movie, the way it ends, how do you feel about him not telling the parents or him arranging the the police to pick up the robbery the wet bandits without anyone ever knowing? Because, like, for for me, I feel like he would want his parents to know, want his family to know that he could take care of himself and he he saved the house, right? That's, I think, part of the movie or part of his struggle with his family is that they thought he was kind of incompetent, you know? And here
0: he is defending the house. I do think they find out. I do think because I think it's way too big of a a thing to not mention. But I don't know. I mean. But he goes
1: out of his way to, to make it so that they wouldn't know. No one would know. This could just be like some like uh maybe this didn't even happen. Maybe he like invented it because he's such a like imaginative kid.
0: I don't know. I I think they find out at the end, but I'm not entirely sure. Why would he try to hide it though? Well maybe not hide it, but maybe he just cleans up cleans up the house to make sure nobody goes through the traps. All the all the damage that he did to the robbers, he's like, eh, I should probably get rid of this. Uh, Self defense, I guess. I don't, I don't know. At
1: a certain point, it's. I think he's taking a little bit of pleasure in it, but
0: oh yeah, oh no, 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 a hundred percent. It's again Looney Tunes violence. Like these Looney Tunes love beating the fuck out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, overall, very cute movie. Thoroughly loved it. Do you have anything else you wanted to mention about the about the movie before I move on to the making of and the the sequels?
1: No. Let's get into the making of and the sequels. So most of my research was like little bits of like factoids and stuff. Stuff that's like oh, that's fun. But what I was really curious about was uh Macaulay Culkin because I feel like he was in a lot of movies. At around this time, this was like the first one where he kind of blew up and became a child actor. I mean, he was acting and stuff before this, but this is the one that made him like really famous. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a lot of movies. He got killed by bees in My Girl. There's Home Alone 2. There's, uh, wasn't Richie Rich? Yeah, and, rich. um, There's one other movie in there. Uh, the Page Master. <laughs> uh, the, oh That's
0: another one! The Page the master. Tracker, Oh I love the that movie. Son.
1: And then all of a sudden he was gone. So I just kind of wanted to to see what would happen there. Um so that's where I did did my research. It was like, what happened to Macaulay Culkin? I found this really good article um from Esquire magazine from February of twenty twenty. F- before the pandemic hit the states. But what did what did you go into? What did you read up on?
0: Well, I just read some of the behind-the-scenes factoids of just kind of filming the film. The, one of the funniest things I did here was about how uh, the, the Chevy Chase story that recently came out. And then I also, I think the bulk of it was just like reading up on the sequels because holy shit, man, those are... I did not expect the Home Alone franchise to be a franchise. Maybe
1: it shouldn't have been.
0: You know what? I think out of... Pure Schadenfreude. I'm glad it did.
1: I think the I, for some reason I remember the sequel a lot more than than this one. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know why that was one that we that I watched so much because I remember it, they do like the same shit except they're in New York.
0: Yeah,
1: right. And there's even like that that like mysterious person that lives in the neighborhood who everyone's kind of afraid of but is actually like a really sweet person. Yeah, this lady like has pigeons. She can like. She has like this weird relationship with pigeons, where she she might be magical. <laughs> I don't know. And then I remember Marv getting electrocuted.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And like, what are the odds of of the Wet Bandits running into Kevin McAllister in New York?
0: Well, it's a movie. It's you know, like coincidences happen. Like
1: at that point, it's personal. Uh, yeah. They're not trying well- to rob the McAllister family they're trying to kill this kid
0: well I don't I I've never seen the second one so I don't know I the only Home Alone film I've ever seen was the first one I've seen I've heard about the second one I know about the Donald Trump cameo I've seen I remember watching a trailer for the third one because there was a VHS that had it right before the film right before the actual film it had the trailer for Home Alone 3 and that's kind of it and then kind of now googling I'm like oh no this goes deeper than that yeah I found some really cute stories about, like, the making of this movie. Like, how Joe Pesci couldn't curse. So, he, a lot of the mumbling that he does is him just trying to hold back. One of the <laughs> funny things is, Chris Columbus was, uh, you know, he... I think he had, like, two or three films under his belt before this. Wasn't a big-time guy. He was supposed... He was friends with John Hughes. And he was supposed to direct, direct Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon, with uh, Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. But... As, and this doesn't surprise me, but he met Chevy Chase and he was like, ah, we're not going to get along. He said Chevy Chase was like a a dick. Mm -hmm. Not dick, on quote unquote, but he was mean. And he's like, yeah, I can't direct this movie. Like, I can't work with him. And he goes up to Mm -hmm. John Hughes and he's like, is there another project that you, like, have that I could work on? And that's where Home Alone comes in. And, wow. I mean, like, look, I know those National Lampoon films are, like, big. But they're not as big as home alone home alone's a big fucking movie this again this is one of the highest i think this was the highest grossing film of the year wasn't it
1: but but this was one of the most successful live action comedies until the hangover
0: part two that is wild to think and like honestly chris columbus would go on to have a really good career like he'd work with some big people so he went on to do only the only the lonely, which I've never seen. Afterwards, do Home Alone two, Lost in New York. This dude went on to go uh work on Mrs. Doubtfire, classic, mm. classic. Nine months with uh Hugh uh Hugh Grant, I believe, and uh, what's oh what's his name um Jeff Goldblum, Julianne Moore, Robin Williams again. Like holy shit, what a banger of a cast, you know he. He'd go to work on Bicentennial Man, uh, and then he'd go on to direct the first two Harry Potter films. What's Chevy Chase doing now?
1: You're talking about why people don't like him.
0: Yeah, in I think interviews I don't, like that. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if there are more vacation films in the fan. I, I don't even know how this. I've never seen any other vacation film. Uh, but I mean,
1: oh, uh, it was a franchise. Well, there' was
0: national lampoon what is national lampoon is that like a
1: national lampoon is like a a magazine and then kind of like mad i think It's like a comedy magazine and then they had movies
0: it seems like chris dodged a bullet and i mean (laughs) he'd go i mean obviously later in his years like he'd direct some not as great movies um But he he has a successful career. Like, he's worked with some of the best actors, actresses out there. He started a franchise, and he nailed it. Like, those first two Harry Potter films are awesome. And this movie's awesome. Like, you know. I thought that was one of the funnier things to to read up on. And, like, it talks about how a lot of people did not think the movie was going to succeed. You know, like, you had uh, Joe Pesci and... uh, Daniel Stern, yes. They kind of talked about how they were hamming up their performance just because they didn't feel like it was gonna really be successful. John Hurd didn't think the movie was gonna be successful. Like a lot of people did not think the movie was gonna hit. Uh, which just goes to show, like you, you never know how your movie's gonna turn out when you're making it. Mm-hmm. That was just a few little tidbits. The the bulk of what I was looking at were the sequels. Cause holy shit.
1: Well, let's talk about the sequels. So yeah. the second one, he's in New York, and he's home alone again. And the wet bandits are back. And do they know that they're going after Macaulay Culkin? They must know, right? This this has to be personal now.
0: Well, I haven't seen the film, but from reading about it, they are more interested in doing a heist in New York for this toy maker. And they just happened to see Macaulay Coke. They happen to see Kevin. So they're like... Okay, we're gonna get even with this kid, and we're gonna pull a heist. <laughs> now they got bulk, the bulk of the cast back from the first one. They also brought back Chris Columbus, the director of the original. This one had ten more, ten million more in a budget. In budget, uh, but it did not make as much as the original. The original made four hundred and seventy-six million. This one made three hundred and fifty-nine million.
1: That's still really good.
0: In terms of finance, very good. You it, you did not make a bomb. You made a sizable amount of money. But you didn't make as much. And I think with the sequel, you always want to make more. I think what also hurt the film was the reception. Because this was negatively received. Uh, I mean, people still enjoy like seeing the, the bandits, seeing Kevin. But I think at this point, people are like, all right. like We get the shtick. He, he either gets left behind or he gets lost and then the bandits come in. And it doesn't, that same shtick doesn't work a second time. And as we would go on further investigating, it does not work any other times.
1: Yet they kept on doing it.
0: Yeah, for some reason. The first go around, we forgive Catherine O'Hara because, well, the movie, the first one makes it very believable why they would forget about him. But doing it a second time, now you're a bad parent. Now you're well, a shitty parent.
1: They didn't leave him at home, right? They lost they, him in the
0: fucking city.
1: They lost him at the airport.
0: Yeah. So which
1: I can see that happen. He just gets on the wrong plane. No, I can't see that. That would that happen. never happen. That would never happen now. No. <laughs> but but he he gets on the wrong plane and he's in a, a a different city. And I feel like then maybe they don't know which where he is because he's on a, he wasn't supposed to be on that plane. And the people who flew the plane didn't know that he was there on the plane. He, you know th- then it's like, "Oh shit, where did our kid go? Like he must have been abducted. I don't it feels more plausible that a kid would get lost this way and had be separated for his for his, from his family for this amount of time. but like, I feel like if it happened once, you if you, you would not let it happen again as as a responsible parent. So (laughs) I I do agree with you.
0: And I think people were buying weren't buying into it as much. And it seemed like at this point, because, look, we could talk about the emotional truth of the first one, which is just this kid growing tired of his family, finds that his wish has come true and that he gets to be alone. Exactly what he wished for. But turns out that's not really what he wanted. that He actually wants his family. Okay, that's that's the emotional truth. Right. And that and mm-hmm. you know, everything with the traps, that's just, you know, that's the conflict. That's the that's the climax of the film. Right? And it's entertaining, mm-hmm. so we buy it. But it seems like the Home Alone franchise has really it seems like a lot of people remember the trap scene, the house scene, the home invasion scene. And <laughs> yeah. they've clung into they've clung into that. Like that's what mm-hmm. Home Alone is for them. And so I think for the sequels, they're just like, we gotta double down on that. You know, Home Alone 2, yeah. oh well. You know, he's lost in New York, but he still finds a way to set traps, you know, when uh, Harry and Marv are gonna conduct this other heist. Home Alone Three is the exact same thing.
1: Except it's not Kevin, it's not Macaulay Culkin, it's not family. No, this
0: family. is a this is a spin-off. This is like no like this is it has nothing to do with the McAllister family. Alex D. Lynns is the main character. He's the kid. He plays this character called uh or he's Alex also an eight-year-old boy, but he has to protect his home because... Okay, here's the, here's the quote. A standalone sequel to Home Alone 2, it follows Alex, an eight-year-old boy who defends his home from, da- from a dangerous band of international criminals working for a terrorist organization. What? <laughs> He's fighting terrorists? Yes. And they couldn't get... They got nobody back. Macaulay Culkin, Chris Columbus, and John <clears throat> Williams. Like, they all... they None of them were in there. At this point, Macaulay Culkin wanted to take a, a break from acting. Or a few years before this, he wanted to take a hiatus from acting. I think because some of the films he had worked on uh, weren't doing that well. They weren't as profitable.
1: We'll get into that. Yeah. that That's not why. We'll get, oh, that's we'll not get why?
0: No. Okay. Well for home alone three they that we're just going to make a standalone sequel it's just going to be uh it's own thing but they they veered way too much into this international terrorist organization and this they're looking for this chip and then they're just doing the house thing at this point it's like <laughs> fuck, the, just get the family out of there so we can get to the trap scene eat faster it's not about all oh, this kid who feels like his family doesn't love him it's like no fuck that it's about the traps this movie was terribly received. It was the last Home Alone movie to be shown in theaters. Its budget was $32 million, oh, and it made only $80 million back. So at this point, the franchise is dead. It, you didn't even break $100 million with this one. And you lost your lead star, your director that took you to that fame, and the one of the best composers of all time. Then we get Home Alone 4. It's a 2002 made-for-television Christmas family comedy film. That aired on ABC. And this is a straight reboot. Like, it's a straight reboot. It's like, uh, where Home Alone 3 featured a standalone plot and new characters. This film brings back several of the main characters from the first two films. Including Kevin McAllister. But with all the roles played by different actors. The plot revolves around Kevin trying to defend his his future. The plot revolves around Kevin trying to defend his future stepmother's house from his old nemesis, Marv, and his sidekick wife, Vera. It was the last film. Wait. Yeah. So it's like a straight, like, almost reboot, but, like, everyone's been cast differently. Like, Vera. So you have Marv and Harry, Mm. but Harry's been swapped out for Vera, played by Missy Pyle. The actors are different. The kid, Kevin McAllister, is played by Mike Weinberg. Or, no, yeah. Yeah, Mike Weinberg. And it's also just... Where's Harry, though? Well, Harry was swapped out for Vera.
1: So Harry's just not in it. He's just like, all right, you're no longer canon.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Unless they mention Harry, but I, I have not seen the movie. And then we get Home Alone, The Holiday Heist. Came out in 2012. Which was another made-for-television Christmas comedy film. It's the fifth installment in Home Alone franchise, and it's got Malcolm McDowell, the guy from Clockwork Orange.
1: Jesus, is this also is this a sequel or a reboot?
0: I've, it's a standalone sequel, so it it is the it is the second film not to focus on the McAllister family, although there are numerous homages to the previous films. Um, so it's like a sequel, but not about Kevin McAllister. So it's about oh a ten-year-old boy called Finn Baxter, and uh you know it's uh, there. They're bringing in an Edward Munch painting that's valued at eighty-five million dollars. So they want to go into the house and steal it. It's like it's ridiculous,
1: dude. There's okay. I look at the posters for these films. And they are all doing the like the classic home alone screen, well where, except like, the third puts, one, except for the third one, the third one uh, I hate this poster, <laughs> I hate it so much it's so dumb
0: with the with the guys on the window,
1: yeah, with the guys on the like you see all the bandits the i I'm sorry, the uh terrorists, international <laughs> criminals working for terrorists they've gone through some like traps and stuff so they're all like Ugh. "Well,
0: but uh, but that shows the focus that shows the focus of the future films which is the traps seeing them go through the traps it's not about you know the kids feeling like they're not loved or like having any disputes. it's like well we got to we got to have the traps that's what people know us for
1: yeah and-, and then for home alone 4 and home alone 5 or home alone the holiday heist, you have the kid doing the pose, right? Yeah. Which is something that Macaulay Culkin did, right? Like he wasn't told to do like the scream pose. He just did it. And they were like, oh, that's really funny. We're going to use this take. And that, that's been something that you think of when, when we, like if there was like a clip of home alone, like if there was like a tribute to Macaulay Culkin, they're going to put that clip of him talking to the mirror and then putting his hands on his face and screaming, right? It's classic.
0: That's the problem. He's doing it because he put aftershave on, and it's burning him. That's why he's yelling because he's in pain. (laughs) None of the other movies understood that. It's not like like okay in the in the poster for the first one that they in the poster for the movie they have him do that like uh oh like okay you're scared kid and that scene and that also happens in the movie. But they don't even do it for the sequel. In the sequel, it's the Statue of Liberties that's doing it on the on the left hand side of the of the poster. But in the third and in the third <laughs> one, to be fair, they do it differently. Like the kids, more like scowling at them, like ah, these guys. But then four and five, they didn't even try. They're like, fuck it, we're just doing the we're just it's doing. It's like screen. get it.
1: It's Home Alone. Yeah, so he's got to do. You got to do the Home Alone pose.
0: Thankfully, the last film in the Home Alone franchise does not do that. It's called Home Sweet Home. Oh, th- okay, so so we do Home Alone, the Holiday Heist, which is mm-hmm. the fifth one, and then we've got the sixth one, Home Sweet, Home Alone, which came out in <laughs> 2021. So after So the last the one before it, 2012, now 2021, nine years. Uh the kid Uh I actually recognize him from something. I don't remember from what, but he might have been on a Disney or ABC kids show. This one, there's no screen face. It's just, you know, him and he's got like two. One of them looks like a cannon and the other one looks like a water gun. And it's like, no, parents, no problem. I
1: hate this poster so much. Dude, they're all so like the Home Alone, the first two, solid posters.
0: Yeah, no, solid posters.
1: I think it's funny that the Statue of Liberty is doing the thing. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, we're in New York now. And it's Home Alone, so we're gonna have the Statue of Liberty doing the pose. It's cheesy, but it's 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 fine. That's, and then you got you got the, the burglars. They they come back. The wet bandits are back. And Culkin's reading a newspaper, and it's fine. Third one, I I, I do not like this poster because it's, it's 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 like you you said they took away all the wrong lessons from the movie. Uh, it's like, all right, look, this kid, look at all the stuff he has. Look at all these gadgets he has. And look at all the things he's going to do to these burglars. Yeah. Ready for more? Much more. <laughs> There's exactly. a new kid on the block.
0: Yeah. Like, it doubles oh, down. Idea. I mean, you could only do so much on a poster, but it really is just like, it's more of what's of the past, but without Macaulay Culkin. And it's just like, yeah, you want to see what happens to these people, but it's like, that doesn't. It doesn't mean it's an entertaining movie, and it just shows where the focus is at. Home Alone, Home Alone Four is Four, a t- Home Alone 4 <sighs> is a terrible Photoshop poster.
2: Like yeah, it the, is awful.
0: The kid a-
1: screaming in the middle. You got the the bandits hiding behind the Christmas tree with like cartoon villain faces. Like we're mm, gonna get you, kid. Bigger house, badder baddies, bigger and better laughs.
0: But the but the Photoshop job is terrible on all of these yeah. posters. Sure, it's a it's a made-for-television movie, but damn, at least try. It's it just
1: feels so like. All right, next one. On to the next one. Yeah. What's the poster gonna be? What do you mean with the poster gonna be? There's gonna be Christmas shit in the background. And we're gonna have the kid do the hol- the discreet the, the home alone pose. The last one they don't make him do that, but he's he's got a gad all the gadgets. No parents, no problem.
0: It's like you having no parents was the problem in the first one. And in the second one. Uh don't forget Home Alone the holiday heist, where it's just the kid and the location. That's it.
1: Oh yeah. That's it's they did not even try. No, no. The bandits none. couldn't they couldn't decide who they were who the bandits were gonna be until later in production. They, they're they they were not trying to fool anybody about what this movie was.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I feel like, you know, I think the problem with the movie, the movies later on is just they double down on the traps, and they never found a way to get past, like, okay, how can we organically, organically include, like, Kevin doing traps? Because that is, the, it is one of the coolest parts of the movie, but it's like, how can we organically tell? Where, where do we go on from here? Because if it keeps getting lost, you're making the parents look incompetent, terrible parents. But, like, you also... You know, like, you need to tell a good story about him aging, he's growing up. How do you bring back the villains? How do you incorporate the traps? Like, it's hard. It's really hard. I would not be surprised if in the uh commentary, like, this is a fucking hard movie to make. We didn't know what to do with it, so we just went with it. These, and, the, I feel like they just
1: rebooted it, right? Yeah, yeah well, Like, okay, know, different the kids. Second, the same the, thing happens, but different kids.
0: Yeah, no, well, no, no, no. In the sequel, I mean, in the sequel... They're like, this is a hard movie to do because there's a lot of things that we need to accomplish. So they're like, well, fuck it, let's just let's just do the same thing. He's got the traps. Let's do, let's put more emphasis on that. We've got a magical old person. The first guy, you know, just didn't kill his family. This woman is magical with birds or whatever. That's fine. But then after that, they're like, all right, now now we got to make money. Now we really don't know what to do. So it's like. Yeah, I think Home Alone is just like a lightning in a bottle. Like that's all it is. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's the fact that they even kept trying to do the sequels is like, man, you guys are fucked up.
1: Well, I don't know. They're not very good movies, but I guess they made enough money to to justify their existence and to keep going. I
0: don't. Well, I, really don't I know. think I think after a certain point, the money was so low, like the budget was so low that they're like. We're going to win regardless, especially if it's a TV, if it's a uh, made-for-TV film, because then you have ads during it. And if I'm an advertiser, it's like, oh, they made a new Home Alone film? I would just put it. Someone's going to watch it because it's Home Alone. Like, they yeah. don't, you know, IP sells. Home
1: Alone was a very, very successful movie. And when something is that successful, they'll they'll try and, to do it again.
0: And it has a heritage, right? Like, it, yeah. even if it just came out in two films, Macaulay Culkin is synonymous with Home Alone. And he's always been famous, right? And so you say Home Alone to even people who haven't seen the movie, and they're like, oh, yeah, I get it. Macaulay Culkin. Even if they don't know him, like, oh, yeah, that one kid. Blonde. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah, I'm familiar with it. So after a certain point, I imagine they're like, ah, fuck it, let's just do it. And something will stick.
1: In the last one, the one on Disney, well, I guess they're all on Disney Plus now, but Home Alone 6, they actually got... Um, Buzz? the guy Buzz, <laughs> the bully, the bully brother, and you know who he is in the sequel in this one.
0: Who? You? Know, he's a cop. <laughs> he's a cop. <laughs> oh, Officer Buzz McAllister. Yeah, and I yeah, think, he's like, a doesn't cop? Kevin run his own security firm or something? I think
1: I don't. I don't think he's in the movie at all. He might be mentioned. But... No,
0: I think they mentioned him. I think. Uh, I think I read something about that, but maybe maybe not. And it's hard. It's hard to, like, make an actual a proper sequel. You know, some movies are just, some movies' ideas just can be translated into other sequels. Home Alone is like, it's a one and done, but they tried to make Fetch happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's like uh, Ghostbusters.
0: So yeah, there's just a lot of Home Alone sequels. Sad to say that past the second one, they all sucked. Even the second (laughs) one wasn't that well received. But it's like, Uh, oh, well, at least you got everyone back. But after that, They're all fucking terrible.
1: (laughs) It would seem that way, but somebody spoke very highly of the third one. Roger (laughs) Ebert. Roger Ebert liked Home Alone 3. He said it was the best one of the three. Really? Yeah, and I have the clip for you, just in case
2: you don't believe me. If this movie had a theme song, it would be Dumbbells Keep Falling on My Head. The story makes no sense, I feel, for every family that's going to be suckered into seeing... Home Alone 3. Now this is going to astound you, but I'm giving the movie thumbs up. It does astound me. Are you okay? Uh, better than you were the day that you liked Starship <laughs> Troopers. Okay. Oh no. Uh, I'll tell a, you why. That was I liked exciting. The movie. This movie empowers little kids. This is the one where they finally got it right. I liked it better than the yeah. other two. Than the makes, original Home it Alone. It makes little kids love the idea that they can somehow affect the outcome, that they can have. Uh, uh, power over growing ups so they the can defend one. themselves and be smart and think about things. He hammers and thugs in this in the movie it's one. not as violent as the second one. The kid is charming. He really is a good little actor. And the plot is smarter than we the other We completely disagree. I thought the kid was generic mop-top and I thought that the whole. Oh, come on, did, that kid? Yes. Come on. Yeah. Well, there are only two kids. He's very Culkin, good. Culkin's better. And
0: the other thing is, it's
2: the same plot as the first one, only more bumps to the head. The second, they're all the same plot. Well, but you just said that this one empowers him more than the other one. Absolutely not that's true. That's the secret of the that's, the. that's why kids love these movies, because they love the fantasy that they have power. But it's overdone. Overkill here. Not for you. Overkill. A, not for, not an for you. Okay, coming up later.
0: <laughs> it was like every movie's the same movie it's like yeah but there are more punks in the head i'm like oh my god you guys he's
1: like but it's better this time
0: Ah, i mean look I, I, I get okay i will say i get roger ebert right i mean I, I get where he's coming from and look even you were saying like look the the finale just to get back on the reviewing the movie you know it's like the 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 climax has nothing to do with kevin's growth and wanting to love his family but i think there is a there is a a fantasy of this kid kind of becoming an adult and like being able to stand against these adults toe to toe but i think it works when it's a portion of the movie i think when it's all of it it does get a little redundant but again that was the home alone sauce you know when you when a movie does a mm-hmm. does a a siege thing like an attack and a defense a home invasion it's like oh they're home aloneing it and yeah I mean to be fair I haven't seen the third one so maybe I might like it I don't know mm,
1: oh my god and it's not what I wanted to happen
0: <laughs> no, 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 no 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 I don't think I don't think. I would like it, but I haven't seen the movie, so I'd have to give it the benefit of the doubt. It's, it's happened plenty of times. There's a movie, yeah. I'm like, oh, that looks like shit, and I walk out like, oh my god, that was great.
1: I don't know if Home Alone 3 is worth that treatment, but for me, I was like, what did he say about the first Home Alone? That was what, what like got me curious. That was where my mind went, not mm. to sit through Home Alone 3 and see what <laughs> they were cooking in this. I don't think they cooked anything. I think that was that was microwave <laughs> dinner there, um, but I looked at his review for Home Alone one, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I agree with a lot of this. Uh, he says in one paragraph, uh, if Home Alone had limited itself to things that might possibly have might possibly happen to a forgotten eight year old, I think I would have liked it more. What I didn't enjoy was a subplot involving the burglars were immediately spotted by little Kevin and made the targets of his cleverness. And when I was watching the movie, I was like, when, is, when does that happen? Like, when does the, the traps happen? And it's only, like, at the end of the movie. And I'm like, huh. Actually, like, if they would have entertained the premise more of this kid being alone and having to, like, figure out how to take care of the house, how to take care of himself, when he is... You know, described as by his family as incompetent. I feel like I would have, um, I I would have been more invested in his character. Uh, But I do like the paint cans hitting the guys in the head. I think that's funny. The funniest, one of the funniest things in the movie is when they're going across the the rope to get to the treehouse. Like it doesn't make any sense, but it's funny. So it's. But I do think about like, what if the burglars weren't in the movie? What if it was this kid trying to take care of of the house and take care of himself and all the things that he would, you know, cause like he's afraid of the heater. I was afraid of the heater when I was a kid. What would the movie have looked like if it was more about this crazy world that this kid thought existed because he'd been sheltered his whole life? Hmm. I think that might've been a better movie, even though this is like the classic home alone movie that we all love and we all associate with the traps that, the sequels were all obsessed with and they made the sole focus of the movie and they were they all suffered because of that what if it was but, never a part of the movie at all
0: but i i no but it sounds like you it sounds like you would like home alone 3
1: no but it it's more it's more of the traps
0: yeah exactly that and that's what you enjoyed more of no that's not what...
2: I, I like the traps because they're
1: entertaining scenes. But as, mm-hmm. as like a movie, I think the premise of this kid learning to take care of himself and seeing the world through this uh, sheltered or incompetent, to use his family's words, uh, view, I think that is a more relatable personal story that would be more interesting to, to watch as, as an adult.
0: But that's what I got. I don't know why you're not seeing it.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's not um, done enough. Where I'm more interested in the in Kevin McAllister's growth because in this movie, you know, you have all the the side things with his mom trying to get home. You have all the stuff with the burglars who they don't get hit by the paint cans until an hour like the last 20 minutes of the movie, but you do see them a lot. I do see them like plot against this kid. What if they weren't in the movie at all? And it focused on this kid growing up or being forced to grow up. Does that make
0: sense? At that point, it just, I get what you're saying. Could the movie have gotten a little bit deeper into char- uh, into Kevin's character? I think so too. I, I think, um, I think it could be something a bit more emotionally richer. But I think at that point you're looking for a completely different. It movie. would
1: be a very different you, movie.
0: I like the movie that we got, and it just sounds like you, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like you want something more like the Page Master, where it's it's like the, everything's in this in this kid's head, and he's like on this journey and doing this and that, and it's like, or I, I don't even know really what kind of movie that would be. If there I mean, there has to be a movie um,
1: where the wild right things now. are, I think is more about this kid growing up feeling alone
0: that is true i've never seen it actually I, I, or i never even read the book
1: i think that movie's really good i don't think it was received very well it's not like a super happy fun time movie uh cuz it does it
0: spike jones it does get into
1: <laughs> like oh man that's actually that's actually really that's too relatable actually this movie's making me sad now you know and people don't like to be mm-hmm. to be sad <laughs> but i think That's that kind of story stays with you more. It means more to you. And I feel like there's there's moments of that story in this movie with him, like learning to overcome his fear of the heater, which I was like, you know what? That's a really weird thing to be afraid of. But I was afraid of my heater, too.
0: I don't know. It sounds like you were expecting a certain movie and it didn't deliver on that front. And now you're like, how can this movie be more attuned for me? Cause I, cause, I, uh, but I think this movie has resonated with a lot of people. Oh, oh, um, of
1: course it has. It's one of the most successful comedy films of all time for a reason.
0: I think it's tough because Home Alone is so identifiable because of Macaulay Culkin, but because of the premise, right? Of like a, an attack and defense kind of a, a home invasion kind of. Is thing. that
1: that's not the because premise though? That's something that happens at the end. The premise is the the kid is left home alone
0: i think the climax the climax the battle you know that's what a lot of people because when they think of home alone they're like oh yeah the robber's going into the house but i mean if that was the case i mean then the third one would have been just as successful even without macaulay culkin if that's what people really want right i think they responded to macaulay mm-hmm. culkin a lot because of how well he's able to convey that he's upset, and that ultimately that he does want his family. I think that's a relatable he's aspect. He's also very, very charming and, and like a, a really decent child actor. No, oh no, no, absolutely no, no. He's, I would say he's, I think he, I think he's, uh, he's pretty awesome. I don't know if I'd say great. I'd say like Haley Joel Osment is great, great. The Sixth Sense kid? Yeah, yeah. Sixth Sense, artificial intelligence. But I think Macaulay Culkin is definitely like this kid has charisma. Yeah, it's not strictly the story. I think this movie just has a lot of things, a lot of elements that make it strong. Macaulay Culkin, the rest of the cast, the the final battle, the climax, the the premise of a child being home alone. Uh and I think it all serves to make a very entertaining film. Whereas I think you want something a little bit more richer in tr- in terms of story, which I mean I can't I can't say you're wrong. I honestly I could I see what you're saying. I like it makes sense. Um, but whereas I'm satisfied with the film we got, it sounds like you wanted a little bit more
1: yeah, and i I think when I was younger, that wasn't really something that I really expected from a movie, you know it's not that wasn't something I was looking for, I was just looking mm-hmm. to be entertained
0: uh and that's why I think this uh I think it works very well because of that because it's entertaining, but I don't know, and see, but the problem is. Now we can't have another Home Alone movie because there's been six of them. There's been six, and they've all been focusing
1: and, and on the stuff that we that we like about the first two, right? But it's only it's it's like you only get sweets now. You only get that's not about yeah. they can't have ice cream for breakfast. Freaking Kevin McAllister figures that out in this movie. Why can't we? Yeah, but
0: yeah, it's well, you know, the studio just sees yeah. Hey, you know, people use Home Alone as a shorthand for home invasion, so. That's what people like, I guess.
1: Let's do it again.
0: It's funny because this reminded me so much of Rainbow Six Siege. You lay down your traps, mm. you know, you've got attackers going in, and you got to defend. I was like, oh yeah, this is like Home Alone.
1: I wonder how much they would have to pay Macaulay Culkin to like use his likeness for an operator.
0: Oh my god, that would be super <laughs> cool! It super. The cool. thing
1: about Macaulay Culkin's, like, I feel like he just he does a lot of stuff. Because I I was curious to see what. Home Alone did for Macaulay Culkin because I feel like when you think of child actors, for some reason we're all just like, "Oh man, I bet they have like a really hard adult life." Like I bet they were fucked up in some way, and that's just kind of what you assume ha- would happen, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that that's kind of fucked up. I would think that um when we learn about this kind of stuff happening to kids there would be more protections in place. Yes. Um, and then maybe now there are, but this was before people actually talk about this kinds of stuff. So I did look up uh, Macaulay Culkin uh, via this interview photo shoot thing that he did with Esquire in February of 2020. And he talks about, or the interviewer, the writer of the article, they they talk about his... Uh, early life and how his dad was pretty uh, abusive. He was a, like a, a someone who tried to be an actor, and he forced his kids to be actors too. And there's there's three of them that are in movies. There's Macaulay Culkin, and then there's Kieran Culkin. But there's also one more. This is actually the third Culkin brother movie we've talked about. Do you know what the other one was?
0: Corey or yeah, Rory. Rory.
1: Rory he was in Signs. I think they're all really good actors. They're a really good acting family, but they were pushed hard when they were younger, yes. right? Because Macaulay Culkin did Home Alone, and then he did a bunch of movies right after that, right? And I, when you're, you only get to be a kid once, and by having this kind of life, he wasn't really allowed to be a kid, right? This um, five year period he was in. Home Alone, My Girl, The Good Son, The Nutcracker, Getting Even with Dad, The Page Master, and Richie Rich. And at that point, he had had enough of this lifestyle, and he took a break. He, at the time, I think he said he retired from acting because he wanted to have the normal things. He wanted to go to school. He wanted to have friends and, and stuff, and he wanted to stop working. So hard, you know, because you only get to be a kid once. And after that, you kind of see him pop up here and there. He was in an episode of Will and Grace. He, would, he was in this film called Party Monster in 2003. like kind of like weird stuff. Uh, he was actually in this Seth Green movie in 2018, 2019 called Changeland which is actually where he met Brenda Song who was also a child actress. Yes. And is also now his wife I believe. I believe they're married.
0: They might not be but they are they definitely have a second child. Yeah, they
1: have kid. They live together, they have kids together. They're they're together. He was in his own band for a bit called The Pizza Underground which is like a spoof of The Velvet Underground. The band they I guess he changed the lyrics to some of the the Velvet Underground songs to be about pizza. <laughs> he has like his own comedy spoof website called the Bunny Ears, and I believe it's still active. It is active. It's kind of like the Onion and Funny or Die, and there's there's mm. like a bunch of like if you're if you're trying to search for Macaulay Culkin's net worth, apparently it takes you to this site. And it's, like, this weird article about Macaulay Culkin. But like, but, like, it's not really real. It's, like, a spoof thing. It's so that, And he's just kind of, like, doing weird stuff like that. Like, he has this podcast where he'll introduce himself as, like, a made-up Macaulay Culkin name. Like, something that you would call Macaulay Culkin if you didn't really know his name. Like, Macaulay Culkin or something like that. He did this thing where he made a poll where, all right, your middle name, my middle, I'm going to change my middle name. To whatever the poll decides, and the middle names were like were stupid stuff, right? And the one that won was Macaulay Culkin. So his legal name is Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin. Mm. So he's just doing he's just doing <laughs> weird stuff like that. Like he's doing basically whatever yeah. he wants. And
0: which hey, he's a grown up. He could do whatever he wants.
1: Yeah, he's. But it's not. He doesn't do a lot of like. Stuff that puts him in the spotlight. Like he's had time away. He'll do a, like one movie every few years, and people will be like, "Hey, it's Macaulay Culkin," and he just goes back to living his life. Like he, in this article, which in from 2020, he's just talking about living with his girlfriend and his cats, and sometimes playing video games and like watching videos on YouTube. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, I'm really into the Venture Brothers and Nathan for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, okay, that sounds about right.
1: And I, I think he was arrested at some point for marijuana.
0: I think he also had two controlled substances. Yeah, on, two other controlled substances.
1: It's not that bad. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you, you don't see him in a in the situation that a lot of other child actors are in, where they're just like really mm-hmm. fucked up. They have bad substance abuse problems. He doesn't seem to have anything like that happening. It seems like when he was, took time away from Hollywood where you're not like in this, like doing this thing, doing the press for it and doing this thing, doing the press for it. Like he, he can kind of like go back and have like a relatively normal life. But like, he's got that home alone residuals where he doesn't need to worry about money, but he's not so wealthy that it's, I don't know. I feel like there's at some point you're kind of detached from reality, and he's like in this. It almost like the way that he talks in this article, it feels like he's in like a sweet spot where like Mm -hmm. he doesn't need to go out and do press for all these movies. He's already famous. People like, oh, great, we got Macaulay Culkin, and he's like, Mm -hmm. well, one of the conditions of being me being in this movie is I'm not going to do any press for it. And they're like, yeah, all right. Apparently he, well, he auditioned like for uh, Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood. I saw and he, that. And he's like, yeah, I, did it. I didn't I did do a very good job. I haven't auditioned for six years. I wouldn't have hired me.
0: <laughs> well, but he is a name. He's one of the most recognizable actors out there, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, he is in some of the most recognizable stuff, of, especially of our generation. So that doesn't surprise me that he's like, You know, that he's doing okay. You know, he's not living like, uh, he's not living like Meryl Streep, but he's definitely not someone who has to constantly keep working to like, oh, I got to make a living somehow. It's like, no, he could, you know, his podcast, he has a strong fan base enough that will bring in money. He can also like do commercials. You know, like I know he was in a commercial where he recre he recreated like the original home alone but like if like, uh, if Kevin were like older I think for Walmart I believe
1: mm, yeah something like that I think I, I remember. one of those
0: and, and I'm sure he got paid like any it, and it gets traction that's the thing like he still brings in views he like I think he has one of the most liked tweets of all yeah, time he, he, where it's like hey guys want to feel old I'm 40 years old like that's one <laughs> that's in history as one of the most liked tweets of all time
1: but he's he's kind of also like low key just chilling at home with cats.
0: Yeah, which good for him. I I'm glad to know that he did all that work as a kid and it's paying off still.
1: It seems like early on he uh he had his trust fund, like his parents were both removed from his trust fund. Right? So he it's all his money. No one can like fight over his money, which I think mm-hmm. is a becomes a problem for some child actors cuz they're making all this money who gets to decide what to do with it later on that can be uh, a problem for some people um uh, but it seems like he was able to avoid all of that by taking control of of his own money
0: and good for him he's the one he, he was the one that was on set i know his parents i wish him and his parents were in a better situation where they can all be taken care of but like if he felt compelled to do that, then you know what? It is what it is. At the end of the day, it's his face on, on, uh, on, you know, he was the one that was on set and his faces are on those posters. So.
1: Mm-hmm. But it seems like he's doing all right.
0: I think he, his second kid was either, uh, uh, is already born or he's on his way or on their way. So good on him. He, his relationship with Brenda seems awesome. He's still close. Cool with uh, Catherine O'Hara, who was at, at his um, uh, Hall, uh, Walk of Fame uh, star inauguration, which is cool. His brother just won an, an Emmy. So it seems like the Koken family is doing all right.
1: Yeah. Well, this is the part of the episode where in lieu of a five star system, we talk about the movie uh, through a quote from the movie. It could be our favorite quote. It could be a quote that we thought was funny, or it can be a quote that summarizes the conversation we just had. George usually goes first and George usually breaks the rules.
0: So my favorite quote from the movie is between Kevin McAllister and Marley. And he's like, you know, he's telling them that he's not sure how his interaction with his kids are going to go. And Kevin's like, no offense, aren't you too old to be afraid? And then Marley says, you can't, you can be too old for a lot of things, but you're never too old to be afraid. And I don't know. I just like that. I like, uh, I like, I like that quote. I feel like it's a moment of like, uh, not only vulnerability, but it's also connection that these two guys have. And I think as a kid, you're scared of a lot of things, of like the dark, of of animals. Like, there's a lot of things to be scared of in this world. But I feel like it's like it's okay to feel that. Mm. You know, like it's it's not a bad thing. And adults get scared too. You know, for most of the movie, the adults are scared too. <laughs> the The robbers are scared of Kevin. You
1: know, <laughs> Mama so McAllister's afraid of her kid being like her dead, baby
0: being at home. Yeah. yeah, like a lot of adults are scared. So I don't know. It's just a nice quote. It's a nice scene in the movie for me, where it's just like, "All right, this is the, this is the uh, this is the the part that's prepping us for the final act."
1: Okay. So. Um, my quote is the one that made me laugh the most. Uh, and the yeah, of, of, of all, and it's something that's just so like, yeah, this is a movie from 1990. Like you could not say this in a movie now. And it's when Kevin goes across the, the zip line and then the kid, the burglars are like, wow, where'd he go? And they're looking out the window. And then Marv, he's like, oh, maybe he committed suicide.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It it's <laughs> def- it is funny with quotes like that. You're like, "Whoa," like cuz I think you're right. You can't just casually just say suicide now. Yeah. And it's just so like
1: like off. Like it just kind of like out of left field. And he's not he's not saying this like he's not saying this to be funny. He's just that's where his mind went. Like after going through this house of horrors, with all these traps, he he thinks, "All right, yeah, this kid just jumped out the window to to kill himself."
0: Well, you know that that line was improvised, <laughs> and they just kept it. And it's like, it just goes to the fact. That it's like, yeah, these guys are kind of dumb.
1: Yeah, they're, and he, he's. I think Marv is one of the funniest things in the movie. The burglars are really funny, but maybe the movie, maybe it would be like a stronger movie, like more, more of the, the Scorsese cinema if they weren't in it at all. I don't know. We'll ever know. The road not traveled.
0: Oh, God. Austin.
1: But, you know, this is Home Alone. You know, this is this gave Macaulay Culkin a, a star.
0: All right. Well, that concludes our episode on Home Alone. Austin, you want to finish us off?
1: Yeah, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Retrograde underscore pod. We have a Discord group. Um, but I'm I'm really picky about who we let in. I need to know that they're an actual person and not some wet bandit trying to break in and give us steal our information and like give people fake what do you call them the the crypto stuff. Do some like kind of crypto mm-hmm. scheme with our people. We're all we're all real people who like movies and video games and stuff. So come send, shoot us a DM and we'll let you in after we verify you're legit. Um, we have more stuff planned for this year. Hopefully we can get back into a normal schedule.
0: Well, the strikes are strikes done. Strikes are done. Uh, the...
1: I'm, re- I'm settled into my new place. I'm slowly recovering from COVID.
0: Everything's leaning, leaning positively mm-hmm. for us.
1: Well, with that, we will see you in two weeks with another movie. Bye-bye.